can all agree whether or not it's a a ponderosa or or an in and out or whatnot i don't i don't think any of us can fucking beat uh jerry's pizza or jimmy's pizza i don't know one of those chains i'm not familiar with the jimmy's or jerry's pizza well i mean it's a it's a Romanian exclusive that apparently also holds the bragging rights of fucking taking down one of the like biggest pieces of oh, shit. Oh right, okay, now I know what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, that fucking that overgrown nipple of uh, insecurity, <laughs> like after getting that, like, that, straight... that 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 those clues were straight out of a Ryan Johnson film. Man, that was <laughs> very very subtle. Yeah, dude, didn't didn't need no Benoit Blanc, just mm. uh, just some good old fashioned fragile masculinity. <laughs> like, right. Uh, I just, I hope he got rewards I, points. You know, just 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 like I really mm-hmm. hope. I hope he got enough rewards points to get a free pizza, and now he can't use it. Better just yet, dude, I hope. Cake. I kind of hope she orders him delivery there. Oh, for just sure. Wherever he's being held, <laughs> just like yeah. for everybody. For all him and his fucking degenerate assholes that are like currently rotting away behind bars, um, but yeah, no, it was what a what a fun way to really end the year, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just just the, it it's just a, such a wild thing. Like in the span of like forty eight hours, doesn't even seem real. Doesn't even seem real. Like no way no. that actually happens in real life. But here we are. I but. To be fair, I really think that, like, I don't know. I secretly where, like, Elon wants to act like, you know, he was doing his buddy a solid. I I think he just needed to fucking, I think he just needed to pass some of that heat off of him into another punching bag. Because, like, boy, oh fucking boy, was that dweeb just getting dragged for fucking weeks on end. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Like. How much? Like, I, 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 I don't know. Hey, I still got my Mastodon set up just in case, man. I, I set up that shit early. I said, all right, man, in case of glass, you know, case of emergency, break glass kind of a thing. It was for Mastodon. I I haven't even fucked with Mastodon, but just because of, like, it, I don't know, uh, a lot of the setup or just, like, some of the illusions people made about like servers or right. Like, right. it sounded like some fucking BBC forum shit. And, like, it, meanwhile, Hive was absolutely just, like, is. Hive was just uh, a little bit more accessible, but then, like, it it just, like, there was, like, somewhat, not necessarily a max exodus, but definitely, uh, like, you know, like a fucking Desperate Housewives moment for everybody on Twitter, and they kind of just looked the other direction, and their, uh, their servers could not handle the curiosity, mm-hmm. um, and then their shit went down for, like, weeks on end to the point I'm like, oh, ain't, ain't nobody be buzzing no more. That's mm-hmm. what I'd call it. We'd be like, you're on high of your buzzing. You guys, you guys check out my latest buzz. Oh my god, know. please stop. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's uh that that's the vibe I got. But jeez. Mm. Uh what I think before we start Golden Zonkey's class of twenty twenty two proper, have we ever have we ever disclosed what we want to do for New Year's resolutions? I don't think so. Yeah, fuck it. Let's throw let's throw one out. Like oh I don't want to, I don't want to be Johnny on the spot. I guess I'll 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 just go. I'll do yeah, you, real... you got you got one that you're you're excited about. 
Uh, not, not necessarily. I mean, hmm. I just quickies. I definitely want to fucking read more. I have like, I have a pile of literature on like my nightstand, but, um, I think, uh, the one big resolution that I, I want to make, like that, that's relevant and important to the, the website as a whole is I am going to commit to at least uh, 10 video features Wow! Okay. that we are going to do this year. I'm going to fucking, I've got so much nonsense swimming around in my fucking bubble goose of a brain um, that I can't wait to just like unload upon all of y'all. Mm. So that's, that's my, Gross. my neat little resolution. Oh, and, and to go down fucking like two pant sizes because I have, I ballooned for like my, I'm the same age as my pant size and like, it's, it's just trouble all around. So I'm I like I, I, I like that kind of synergy, man. You don't get confused about <laughs> anything. That is perfect. No, nah, man, I, I, I'm rounded out. Actually, I'm I'm gonna be the same age and pant size here soon too. Damn, weird. I just I just thirty six on thirty six ain't a good look for me, dude. Ah, uh, forty on forty, man, and it's uh what I've been used to. <laughs> well, that's that's where I'm at, where I'm at too, and it sort of pisses me off too because like I've tr- I've definitely trimmed down, but I'm still the same damn weight. It sucks. Well, you, you probably guys... got some muscle, man. You probably just building on something else there, you know. Mm. You do, well, you, do you do you doing that work, man? That all, hard all ass I, work. All I want is a size thirty eight pant, and it still has it still hasn't happened yet. So you guys are looking good, dude. No, I I look like a fucking hostess cake that's been left out in the sun. Like I I'm just looking weird and flabby, and like my chonies are doing that. Thing hey, man, now. at least you're not moldy yet. Like <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting like that. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just uh, fucking. I don't like that my chonies are now doing this thing where it does like this inverse roll at the at my waist seam. Mm. That's when I know, like, oh no, like <laughs> my my mine does that, but it's around the belt that I've cinched up so deadly tight <laughs> that nothing will ever ever go between my waistline. It is is just like shut off completely. That belt's got everything trapped. Mm-hmm. Well. What about you, Ed? What what is your like? Well, I don't know. You're in Canada. Do you get two New Year's resolutions because of that? Like, uh, help me. I don't know the rules. Help me. No, nah, I just got a New Year's resolution and of uh, well, four hours ahead of you. That's all. Ah, <laughs> I like it. You get the you get that early access. The yeah, exactly. Fucking... You got a little bit of a grace period, you know, just to see yeah. if it works out okay. Early adopter though, it's all full of bugs. Hmm. Mm. I like it. I know mine's going to be playing and or getting rid of all the board games I bought. I went on a tear for like a couple of years during like like lockdown and also Kickstarter. Uh, I bought a shit ton of board games. Like I, I went kind of wild. And I was like, oh, this will be for all the friends I can play with once this is all over. And then realized I'm not social anymore and I don't play board games with people at all. So I just need to either play the ones I have or get rid of them. Oh, my God. Is it? It's crazy. I came to that same realization like somewhat too where just like like last night. Not to date. I mean, the show. We we, we waited. We waited of... until it was uh, a new year proper before we did our yeah. zonkies. Yeah, exactly. But like, like no joke. Uh, we we just hit up the Mad Monk. We shopped for, but like, we had like some of the wildest pickups. Like, just grab fucking Pixies, Sunny Day Real Estate on vinyl. I I grabbed a uh autobiography from Bernie Sanders, and then Hell in a Cell twenty twenty two. Oh my god. Uh, like yeah, dude. No, it was, what, and then what, when we what? and then we walked. Uh, wait, what? 
Um, just Bernie Sanders autobiography and Hell in the Cell 2022. Yes, and then also Ugly Americans from Ben Merziak, uh, uh, Imogen Heap, and then Bayside on CD. And then I think we also... Uh, oh, and Disney's Quack Pack Volume 1, because uh, I had to really show Val just how terrible like they did the ducks like in the late 90s when you like you want to see some fucking 90s cringe. Fuck mm. that 90s show. Like I, I let, let, Shall I bestow upon you... Uh, the quack pack. Um, yeah. And then, uh, right. So in California, uh, one of the premier record stores, aside from Amoeba is Rasputin, but certain Rasputin locations merge with Anastasia's vintage clothes to form mad monk. So literally half the store is record CDs, vinyl, uh, DVDs. And the other half is vintage clothes. So we fucking ended up like, we were only going to go there just to like, peeps and records like four hours later because everything was on sale we just walked out with a bunch of shit and now i'm like that's when i like had to really come to grips with my pant size because i thought it was a one-off like that's what's fucked up about clothes dude like i still have clothes from years ago but the waist size still says 32 and it'll fit me like like maybe a little bit more of a struggle but it fits me to where i'm comfortable in it mm-hmm. but now anything with the new 32 waist size no that shit's huh. an act of congress ain't gonna fucking yeah, ain't gonna okay. pass it's straight up gonna be like fucking like 51 51 dipshits and 49 can't get anything done so like i like it though man having having to wear something pre-worn that's just that that, that speaks to you like you shouldn't be buying new stuff anyways yeah you know it just feels like that's kind of an overall spirit thing like that's what you'd be wearing that's your clothing my clothing i'll tell you the truth man my clothing game has elevated since lockdown because i had nothing better to do like, I get really excited about my fits every now and then. And also, I've been on Instagram a lot and buying a lot of bootleg wrestling shirts. So that oh, that is my wardrobe in a nutshell right now, and oh, I'm really no. enjoying it. Val and I have also been peeping, like, bootleg shirts. She's got excited over quite a few. Um, I just got I, I just got an Austin 316 baseball jersey bootleg. Uh, it's, man, I, like, nothing brings me more joy than wearing, like, late 90s WWF wrestling shirts. You know, it's it, it's pretty exciting stuff. Oh no, dude! Yeah, we're we have uh, an AEW show coming up that we're gonna head to, and like I just finally, I had to spend like an hour on sh- uh, AEW sh- or shop AEW mm-hmm. uh, just to find a shirt that Val would be like okay with wearing. Right, um, right. She ended up doing the acclaimed every Wednesday where it's. A I I was gonna say acclaimed would be a good one. I think that'd be pretty on point right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we also sent her sign off to the printers, which is just. Uh, she wanted to get a recreation of the Homer Simpson at the lesbian bar meme where everybody else would say wrestling fan. And then she would be Homer. It says me being a supportive partner for. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, so we'll see if Staples will let us get away with that. Um, but anyway, I digress. Dude, a lot of a lot of friends and family were just like all scrunched together, just, you know, screaming and partying. I, I took a little bit of nap, but then I woke up, and then, like, Val and I just, like, crushed one PBR. She fucking dropped the tab into the can. I'm like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> like, this is, is – I don't – I think this is, is one of my sign. favorite it's New Year's yet. Uh, Ed, we can't we can't start without hearing yours, buddy. Come on. Like, I know you, you got in on it early, but you never shared. <laughs> New Year's resolution, huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'd really Should have come to come back think- to you? Yeah, we'd I'd have to think about what that is because I don't know. I don't have much drive to do very much these days. Oh, I just kind of 
live in the moment and deal with the consequences. Hmm. It's not bad. I think that's a good lesson to live by, honestly. I mean, re- resolutions usually end up like hurting you more than helping you, I feel like, sometimes. So, why not? I I love your anti-resolution. I will accept that as a resolution. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Fuck it. All right. So, this year, a little weird. This is a weird year, but we're all right with it. I I I like to like to think that like we've kind of gotten a little bit more lax and we've enjoyed ourselves. And yeah, well, we'll we'll let our our picks and our discussion do the talking because this year, 2023, we're gonna look back on the year that just passed and uh kind of celebrate the class of 2022 for Press Pause Radio's Golden Zonkeys. So hope you guys enjoy. Kind of funny. Um, well, I think you know what. I'll, I'll save this bit for the end of the show, just so that way we can kind of get the ball rolling. Sure. Um, but for those, because we have, and I think if you don't mind me, mm. uh, for those who have stuck with uh, with us and are um, you know longtime listeners that have given the Golden Zonkeys a bit of a peep, a bit of a, a purview of uh, the tastes of like what we believe to have been the best of the best for the year. Um, you guys should be familiar with the fact that we have also changed up kind of the rules for our delegation and like what what we use, the criteria, and how we go about it. And you know, going into the next year, we're going to actually be a little bit looser with it. Uh, a lot looser with it and i'm excited for that but um usually we have some quick mentions that we like to kind of go ahead and do a quick round robin of and then uh we also uh have about five picks each where we personally just kind of you know give what we feel were some of the best of the best from uh start to end of the year and then finally we all try to universally and collectively decide upon a uh, single pick of what we feel would best represent the game of the year for the Golden Zonkey. Uh, last year's pick was Returnal. Okay. So um, we did that and then, okay, so I was under the assumption that we were still doing five and man, my memory's hazy. We did knock it down to three. So Ah, got, nice. Even yeah. easier. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. Perfect. I thought we were going to do that next year, and I forgot. Oh, no, sh- fucking assholes. We started that last year. Oh, so, perfect. Well, that's awesome, yeah. man. That makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, essentially, we're going to go ahead and do our top three. Uh, but, if anything, that kind of makes, essentially, our... Um, that w- that would make our uh, quick mentions a little bit more livelier. So yeah, I right. think that's what we're going to go ahead and do. We're going to go ahead and 
do some quick mentions. Uh, and then, oh, I think the last rule was is that anything goes for the game of the year as far as uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a game that any of us have picked. We can at any point, if it gets a little heavy, we, we have a wild card rule where we mm -hmm. can absolutely go ahead and just pitch an idea. And then if it's got traction, if it's got the rationale and logic, uh, may in fact win the hearts and minds of the... Uh, the court of press pause radio in right we can be easily swayed yes <laughs> yes absolutely we we like we have absolutely bear no loyalty to any Not of the games all. that we fucking all. uh bring to the table so all right with that said then okay quick oh and then we're gonna do a you know i i mean i i have a pick for three old uh mako of shame um but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened. Like it's kind of it's kind of a bummer that like that that's gonna that's gonna be a hard one to choose from. But right. Uh, we'll we'll get to that though. So yeah, let's go ahead and start off with quick mentions. And this is kind of a just a shotgun freestyle round. So anybody have anything that they felt didn't exactly make the cut, but was still uh definitely worthy of mentioning as far as something they really enjoyed coming out of the year 2022 can literally be anything too it doesn't necessarily have to be a game it could be an event mm. a developer wow product oh you know what i'll step up Uh, the Columbus Circle uh, Portable Monitor IPS LCD. That's for the PC Engine, yeah. PC Engine, yep. Hmm. It uh, I I did a feature on it like a while back there uh, with the original. It just had like a, a standard um, regular old LCD on it, hmm. and like in a budget-minded sort of sense, it's the easiest way to, uh, to get as close as possible to a, uh, a PC Engine LT <laughs> as you can. Because, like, those things are $5,000. Oh, and... I, did, I didn't even know they went up that much. But also, oh. like, real talk, even if you were to uh, get an LT, get your hands on it, and you were to do the recaps and just the refurbishment, yeah, like you, you still can't even get like a clear picture. Like you're unless you do a whole ass screen swap, you're gonna <clears throat> just be stuck with composite. Yeah. And well, I mean, there's an there's RGB uh to IPS uh, screen mods available for the LT, um, and it's well, not like, it's not as in depth as you might think. Like if you know what you're doing, uh, it's it's an easy install. Oh, but you know, okay. as as if you can recap it, you can install the screen basically. Okay. Um, okay. But but dude, the hardware is just even even junk units are like two thousand dollars. It's insane. I thought they were going around that for like that was just for a working unit. They jumped no, up thousands no. of dollars. Oh yeah, thousands of and that's not even with the box. But it's just like it's not that cool, dude. It's just not. Oh dude, it doesn't even no, have the that's expansion. You don't even know. That's, that's still my dream system, my guy. But I will say that. Um, you know, for a hundred bucks, you can get a very close, uh, a very close uh, sort of analog to that whole setup, right? 
Um, so the one that I got before was was gray and orange, so it matched the uh, PC Engine Core Graphics 2, which I had. And um, because I had the uh, Super SD System 3 on it, I ended up having to. I ended up buying another Core Graphics One to put the Super SD System Three on. So that was my second PC Engine, and uh, this new one is white, white and red. So obviously that sort of alludes to the original PC Engine model, which actually only had RF out, unless you were using like the uh, the thirty six pin bus to get like AV out. Mm-hmm. But that also does RGB. So basically, um, I, I bought a, a an inbox. PC engine to go with this screen and man it looks really good it looks so good together it's 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 a little unbelievable but uh yeah the the cool the coolest part i think about all of the uh, all of this whether it's the original or this one here is that you can power your entire system with a power bank so like i've got a a vita power bank i can power my whole pc engine with just that power bank so anywhere i might be i can play pc engine god games. i still have that vita power bank which, I, don't have my, I don't have my Vita anymore, but I have it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good power bank. It, it, it lasts is. for it lasts forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's something the LT couldn't do. You couldn't you couldn't play the LT without a power supply. So uh, that's that's an advantage that this screen actually has. So, uh, yeah, hundred percent. I recommend it if you've got a PC engine of any kind. Cool. So my question: Could the PC engine LT even fit into the PC engine CD briefcase? Uh, I don't yes. think it can. It it does. Um, oh, it does. It does. Yep. All right, then I think that's the only case where I'd say kind of worth it, but not. Is but it actually not. is it actually a briefcase? It is. Yeah. It, you oh, can that's put cool. a cover yeah. over it, and you can carry it like you're a, like the most prestigious of Japanese businessmen. Mm. I'd like to know when they're coming out with the PC en- engine attaché. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I like saying attaché. And they had some. They had they had a lot of really cool PC Engine accessories back in the day, but like predictably, they're oh, basi- yeah. they're ba- they're basically you know you could, you could put a, a down payment for a house. Antique Roadshow, that shit, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you fucking could. the shuttle model. Fuck that thing. This is a giant lawnmower blade. <laughs> stupid ass fucking. I hate that thing. I hate looking at it. It's so stupid. Throw that it was shit aimed like a at frizzy, children. Man. It was shaped like a spaceship. Yeah, and you know what? Children deserve better. Fucking like it was, it was not. I don't know. Some, it ha- it has its place. It was some bozo shit. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, I have a few. I think as far as uh indie games are concerned, there are a fuckload of indie games that absolutely. It it's funny. Um, I I like to believe that like all the games that we come to the table with in this discussion as far as like what what merits a golden zonkey award is just like the feeling it left like the impression it it put upon us like Mm -hmm. especially when you turned off the tv and you set the controller down but it still sticks with you like that sort of feeling um and these uh these particular games kind of did not necessarily opposite but like there's an irony in the fact that like they they're they're worth mentioning just because they were really really fucking hard to put down like the so much like they they took away so many hours but like honestly all of them that i that i have to mention they're all empty calories except for like i know i was trying to talk to ed about it actually before the show because i was really really surprised that he didn't grab it like this is absolutely up ed's valley but uh 
Uh, I have five indie games that I kind of really want to talk about, some of which have already kind of gone at length throughout the year, so you're not a stranger, except for X-Zodiac. That, that was very much a thing that's, like, kind of been um, on my radar, but, like, it was it was never, like, the right time, right place, especially for the cost. But, like, it, it recently went on sale to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, like, for eight bucks, like, I'll, I'll grab it. And, like, goddamn, uh, it's incredible, especially if you enjoy, not necessarily, like, Star Fox 64 as far as the uh, foundation of like a fast and frenetic rail shooter but the uh, Star Fox uh, from for the SNES which like absolutely exists not just aesthetically but like there's just a lot of like fucking amazing like like Star Fox on Vaporwave need I say more right like it, it it plays really fast and fun too like honestly it's one of those moments where like some of the like the nuances and aspects of a rail shooter can especially like in terms of the inertia of uh steering upwards or downwards and and kind of just getting the inversion of whether or not up is up versus up is down and and whatnot i i I haven't really played in a game like in that respect to where everything just clicked so quickly like the controls are very intuitive. The design and pacing of all the stages and just, again, like that cohesion with the aesthetics and just the presentation of it definitely stuck with like it was just a fun like just one more, one more. So definitely uh, got to recommend like I don't know if it's still on sale. I believe it may be until the 5th and I don't know other platforms it may be on. Like I, I think it'd be killer if it was on Switch. I know it's Steam Deck compatible, but um, it is cool. on Steam, and that's what I grabbed it on. Um, Donut Dodo, holy shit, Donut Dodo! Like anytime I fucking pop this game in, where I'm like, yeah, it sounds like a quick, cool five minutes. It's not. It's a, it's a quick, cool twenty minutes to thirty minutes max, and like I still get so enamored. And like the, the shitty thing is, is that like there is a a weekly uh scoreboard mode where like you can like within the span of one week within seven days you can try to hit the best and it always cycles out between players but i haven't unlocked it yet because i have to beat medium mode first and you would say to yourself that's it, it's hard this game is hard as shit but like what makes it more difficult is just like my my stubbornness because a big gimmick uh it has like it combines elements from every old um, action uh, 80s character action uh, platformer or just arcade action title you can think of like Burger Time, Donkey Kong, Dig Dug, Pac-Man, like elements of all of these games have been right. Like this game is the, the shovel knight. It's just a melting pot of all mm. of these different games. But like one of the big like gimmicks of it is just, you have to collect all the donuts within the stage, but if you collect the donuts within a randomly generated order where you get the flashing donut next, it's a multiplier combo. And each one of these donuts can randomly blink. And instead of just getting the first one that I can see and reach more easily, I'm following the sequence of these randomly generated donuts, putting myself more at risk and danger of the hazards and difficulty of Donut Dodo. So, like, I can't. I'm pretty sure I could just get through two rounds and like beat the mode so I can unlock this other one. But I just fucking can't because like there's such a hook to trying to like 
climb the score. And like it recently got an update, so it's been made smoother. It's got some new nice marquees and excellent art design. And again, it's a blast to play on uh, the VCS, uh, which I picked it up on. Uh, it's a must own, especially on the VCS with like it's got uh, within the last uh, year and a half the Atari VCS has been out. There's a whopping 75 games on it, which may not sound like a lot, but uh, most of those are collections. Um, and I, I would say at this point it's doing far better than the Ouya ever did. So like I guess <clears> now, that's the best when, when you say that they're uh, they're collections. 75 games including those in the collections or 75 no. games it's like 75 games including the titles of those collections so 75 games yeah and where some of those games are compilation oh okay i got that, you yeah. yeah i mean if we were to count all of them so if you want to be like really weird and technical because you can do that and you can count AntStream Arcade, which is still like killing it, and they've actually improved. They've done a lot of improvements to it since I've last talked about it. You you can play quite a fucking bit, and that's if you're mm. just using the VCS as stock. If you decide to actually, and like they've heard the complaints. Like it's funny enough, I got an email from Atari. Um, they they've now included um Linux PC keys that make the process very easy, step by step to set up the PC mode. So, I mean, the, the, the catch is you have to fuck with Linux, and that's still like a little <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. yeah I... no, never again. I had to do Red Hat Linux. Never again. I ain't touching that shit with a 10-foot pole. But you can still get Steam and other clients to work. And then mm. uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming, they've also patched, and it actually works really well. Like, if somebody were to ask me, like, uh, last year or earlier this year, is a VCS worth it? I'd be like, oh, no. If you're to ask me now, yes, and like they should be on sale, which especially makes it easier. Um, and they just uh, Atari just started a new manufacturing venture with My Real Arcade, so I don't know how well that's gonna pan out because those fuckers like to make some like garbage little compilation uh, plug and plays, but like at least not at games. So I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh that kind of brings me to like one of the other uh, quick mentions, but just to finish down my list, uh, grapple dog, grapple dogs, dope as fuck. I would say as far as a new age, uh, game boy advance game, that's got like some of the, uh, the Twitch heavy dynamics of like super meat boy meets bionic commando. Ooh, that's Absolutely. colorful. It is dude. And incredible, incredibly beautiful hmm. looking. Like it, it really is like, Hey, what if we just really, really leaned in on like early generation Game Boy Advance uh, presentation and just like fucking got really cool and obnoxious with it on the Switch? Uh, I really, really enjoy Grapple Dog. Plus, um, it's from Super Rare Games, which normally they just act as a boutique publisher, like very similar to Limited Run in bringing digital games to just physical media. But this is their first foray into publishing and developing a game in-house. And they're coming out with a physical version of the game some point in the next couple months. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend that title as well. And then finally, um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about something that's really bit me in the ass. Uh, Vampire Survivors, which... I grabbed this on a whim. Milky had mentioned like that it was super fun. 
it, it was on sale for fucking two dollars on Steam, so I grabbed it. Right, right. And then right. it also it's on Games Pass, I think. Yes. Yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, grabbed it. Jesus Christ! I've already sunk ten hours into this game. I, I cannot tell you like how like it is. I have never seen something just so stupidly simple in premise, and yet get insanely complex in, in as far as like just a wave game but like i you know i'm still like trying to kind of it took me a while to understand that like as far as like how you actually advance in the game because like uh i was in the mad forest for a while just really repentant i'm like no man i'm gonna get to at least level 35 at some point i have to realize uh, that the game purposely puts an unwinnable ceiling that you just cannot cross. And like, it's really like, okay, no, you've done this area. You're good. Move on to the next. So like, I really got to get down on the meat and potatoes of it. Like, cause it, at the first couple levels, it really, really opens up. And like, as far as just like a quick little, like just sitting down for a gameplay loop and only expecting to dump like maybe 10 minutes and then like sit there hours later, like I'm still dreading like what will happen if I get just that good run to where right. like it's 45 minutes and like I do not want to give up the ghost. Um so those are all my quick mentions. All of these games I demand that you play them. They're incredible. Um Vamp- there, there's a Vampire Saviors on mobile and I'm really hesitant to see what that would even play like on mobile. I you know, I I think it would work fine just because the what, attack is all done automatically. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt. Da- like, it's all just like it's all spammed. Like, all you have to worry about is moving. So, right, if you think right. about, I mean, I think it would work great on mobile. If we're being honest, Ed, you still got one of those big old phone screens, don't you? Um, are you downgrade to like a regular size screen? Cause you had a big one oh, there no. before. No, no, I've got like the most extreme of screens at this point. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. If it, it, it folds it, in it, half. Yeah. Oh, you got one. Oh, green? you've got one of the foldable ones. Yeah. Okay. I can oh, see that yeah. working pretty well then. It's wild. How how well does that work if we're being like if you can de- like just indulge me for a second like Okay. So dude, like talk what, to me about what do, it. What do you want to know? Like just the durability of it. Like is is your phone starting to crinkle a little bit? Nope. Is it starting to get like crinkle crankle? Nope. <laughs> Like, I don't know if it's gonna crease. I think I've, they're made I've to had do it, that. Yeah, there, there is a crease. It's, it's by design. There's a, there's a little huh. thing in the middle. You don't really notice it though. Um, I mean, I've had it for a year. It it, it hasn't it hasn't broken. No dead pixels. Nothing nope. like. I, I I assume Ed's probably not that kind of person that has like an iPhone that has like a million like spider web cracks on no. the back and the front of it. So <laughs> I definitely nah. known and seen people like that though. Yeah, I mean, this one here has an outer screen as well. So, like, when I'm just like out and about, it's 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 great because like it's a very narrow screen, so I've got great grip on it. Right, I have easy access to everything on the screen with just my thumb. I don't have to sort of reach, you hmm. know. Um, it's thicker, but it's also heavier, so it's not so bad. Uh, but yeah, when you open it up, it's it's pretty significant, right? Because then you've got this basically tablet-sized thing. Um, and yeah, like I've been. I've been using it for uh, for some gaming applications, not much, um, right. but yeah, some gaming applications, um, and it's it's working really well. Like I'm playing this gacha game right now, and you know it does the job. I I think I'm finally making the switch to Android, boys. I talked about yeah, it it's about while. that time, about that time. 
I every every mm. iOS update just takes away features. Right. Like I can't even I can't even do native video editing anymore. What? It wants me to connect to a Mac now. What? Ugh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I'm like that like that's the straw. That's the fucking straw. I'm just dude. at this point this device is Friggin paid off. I'm jailbreaking it and like I may just just fucking dunk into it. Just just I, make it just make it your camera at that point. So we were doing um <clears throat> here I'll show you. Uh, we were doing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to post this Discord in a second here. We were doing uh, pictures of um, of the uh, the Christmas lights when we were out and about there the other night and um, backstage. And uh, here we go. I'll show you. This is this is nuts. What 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 this can do? It's starting to sound like a threat. I'll show you. <laughs> Wait till you see this. Just, uh, just, just you fucking wait. Uh, what's this is a good one. Uh, this was taken just like at night. Ooh. Solid picture. Ooh. Um, but this one here. It almost looked like you did like a separate background. Like no, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so that tree. Uh, where's the cord? Because there was a cord. And what you can do is you can like select an area and you can remove stuff and it, it just uh, generates the stuff around it. You can't tell that there was a cord there. I I yeah. mean I want to believe cuz I'm seeing like something snake out from the right and then gradually as it gets towards the glow it it fades out. But I could be mistaken. That's actually the tree behind it. There's like a little bush there. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I uh, pixels have that. It's called Magic Eraser, where you can yeah. like, take a a, a a section and like basically just get rid of the background stuff. Exactly. But... Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. also like uh, people, license plates, uh, addresses. You, you can't tell that they weren't there. Yeah, you know what, man? I'm funny enough, and Val's brought it up too about a pixel, and I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning towards that myself. So who knows? Um, mm -hmm. Still got some other expensive choices to make, but um, just to uh, add back off the last indie title, and this this does blur the lines because, like, I mean, how how much can an indie title be indie when it's got as much of the financial backing and support as this game had? Uh, it's going to be Stray, just because mm -hmm. it was just a very nice insular experience that I really enjoyed, uh, and and just the overall vibe. It it just there's a whimsy to it that you don't really get to play or experience too often, uh, from just such a very like it's a very pleasing and memorable experience. Like I really really enjoyed my time with Stray, um, and I I will say though, and like there's a few copies at the at the local GameStop if you know if it's not buried under a few dozen stacks of Funko Pops. Um, you should be able to find physical copies fairly easily there, at least, I mean, around my area. I would not, and please do not, spend the insane fucking scalp prices that I've been uh, kind of just peeping online. That shit's nonsense. Like, I'm fairly certain it's probably going to get another print just from how well it did, too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, And maybe, and maybe also don't pay for the PlayStation subscription to get access to it either. Like we talked about in our last recording, yeah. maybe not yeah. worth that. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's not. Yeah. Um, but you Man, know what? You know what it is? We don't Game even Pass. have. <clears throat> we don't even have GameStop around here anymore. Wow, man! Did you guys just go back to EB? Did you just, just no? Just they, they they closed most of them. That's Ooh. insane, man. How yeah. how's that feel? Good. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. man. I, I still at least have one or two people I know still in the trenches, so I got to, you know, give them, you know, all the love in the world because they're still doing it. But, yeah, that's a... That's a time. Yeah. That's a time I can look back on and kind of. I'm. I'm happy. I'm on the other side of it. <sighs> man, for sure. that that company did me dirty, and man, I cannot right. fathom the bullshit they went through when the PS5 and Series X mm-hmm. launched. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I thought I thought the the Nintendo Mini was pretty bad. Actually, that was a that was a terrible time to be alive. And um, yeah. fucking, I I I imagine it would be it would have been ten times worse. Well, like, dude, if you ever just want to get like like PTSD like I'm sure the GameStop Reddit like it is it is kind of yeah. just become a fascinating like it's just it, it just reads out like a war journal like it's in I don't know I and I I feel bad but the point I was trying to make is I mean you're that, not wrong yeah you're not wrong the point I I don't know man I, I I'm just starting to feel like that with a lot of just like a fucking Best Buy now, at least a lot of the Best Buys around here, they're like the elephant graveyard. Like, at this point, like, which which is especially a bit disappointing when, like, I, you know, I don't want to wait a couple days. I can make the drive right fucking now. And, like, I just need this, like, I needed um a non-polarized uh, AC cable because uh, I'm working on replacing and recalibrating, which I, I sent you guys a picture of and already sh- showed on the internet. I'm redoing my Saturn in uh, Dreamcast. So I needed a cable. Like a non-polarized AC cable is like something you can find at fucking Walmart. Unfortunately, all they had left was polarized. Nowhere. I mean, nowhere had them. But like the one spot you wouldn't think of, bet- like, no, we don't carry those in store anymore. We only have them online. And I'm like, dude, you guys have gotten your fucking gulos eaten out by Amazon, and you're telling me that you're gonna like do the one, like you're gonna adopt the one business model you've consistently lost at for the last decade, when like literally the only thing that separates you from Amazon is that you have a fucking establishment that I can just walk in, hand you money, and walk out. Like ah, <laughs> like it, 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 I don't know, in it, absolute insanity. Um. But anyway, Ed. Oh wait, no, you went for uh, Andrew. Andrew, Yo. what a quick mention! Throw, uh, throw me a quick mention. Yeah, a quick mention for me has to be uh, the play date. That um, oh. that, that that tiny little yellow and purple, just gem that I got earlier this year that I played more than I played my Steam Deck because Ooh. it was it was just an elegant solution for. If I had to be somewhere for 10, 15 minutes and I didn't want to mess with my phone, I want something a little different, uh, I bust out my Playdate. And at the time, I was playing a game called Bloom, which is this kind of, like, Stardew Valley, but for, like, someone owning their own flower store and Hmm. sending text messages to their girlfriend and trying to avoid telling their dad that they dropped out of college. Like, just... In, like like really like weird weird games that you can get on there, which is all through itch.io pretty much, and I don't know like I, I think we talked about Playdate briefly uh, earlier in the year. Right. It is a little boutique gaming portable system that has a little crank on the side um, that you can use for different applications, and um, kind of notorious for not having a backlit screen in mm. 2022. So mm. that definitely kind of something that kind of hurts it quite a bit but ultimately 
absolutely love that little thing. I, I've been playing a ton of it. I've kind of slowed down on it recently, but there's a lot of games kind of on the horizon that I've been seeing through itch.io and through the Reddit that they're coming out and developing for it. And I don't know, it just, it fit in my, if I was wearing a flannel, it fit my little chest pocket there. I take it out. And then, you know, if I'm around people, they're like, what is that thing? And I explain it to them and they ask how much it costs. And I tell them and they're like, God, you paid that much for it. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a hard one to explain, but I don't know. Just something about was very quaint and very unique. And it just gave these little bite-sized experiences that I, you know, I didn't know I needed at the time. And, uh, it really just, it beat just taking out my phone and playing Pokemon for a little bit. You know, like it gave me something to actually do and accomplish and, and kind of sink my teeth into a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, I really dug it and I'm really excited to see what the future holds for it. I really hope they come out with the little speaker box attachments they're supposed to be coming out with. Um, cause I believe it'll probably just sound like a vinyl record player <laughs> more than likely. Oh, uh, uh, but yeah, hey, Ed, I'm really excited. Ed, doesn't it sound really familiar? Oh no. Like, come on. What, what? Is, what does it sound like, Ed? Kind of sounds uh, like Andrew found his Ouya, right? Well, I was an adopter of Stadia, so I've already Ooh, had yeah. my, uh, I, I've, ar- I've already had my pain and and uh, guilt and excitement for one year. Yeah, but you got a cool okay, controller out of it. Oh yeah, yeah I, I do. I, well, shit, Stadia—they refunded all of your purchases, which is fucking oh, insane. That's incredible. Yeah, see, that's yeah. the thing too. Like, I have this controller now, and I'm just like, I guess I have a new PC controller, mm. like. Yeah. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. Some, some things on, recognize it, some don't. Yeah. It does. It works on as long as it's X input, right? I think so. I, well, well, it doesn't have Bluetooth capabilities, which really blows. I really wish they had that. I played. I, I play wired anyway. Yeah. That's fair. When, That's when fair. it comes to the PC, I'm like, I'm right there. You know what I mean? Uh, what's it, funny enough, yeah. my my default PC controller is my uh, day one edition uh, Xbox One controller, and it's just like nice. hanging out like a trooper. You know what my daily driver is for the PC? Friggin' the PDP. What's this thing called? The PDP. Um, uh, it doesn't say on it. it. Just says wired controller. It's I by PDP. They... Uh, it's it's like neon yellow, but it's well, pretty cool. I yeah. I trade off. I I do either that. That that's a, that's the number one. The second is the Steam controller, just because like if I if there's any sort of weird fucked up joy to key configurations or like it's just weird. Like the Steam controller, like natively, if if nothing else will work with it, the Steam controller will likely work with it. Case in point, like uh Jazz Jackrabbit was on crazy sale, uh good old game. So I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'll grab them. Like I I don't have to and oh my god, I got so mad. I'm like, I don't have to really emulate DOSBox anymore and just fuck with it. Those motherfuckers just licensed DOSBox. And I'm like, okay. I, I could have just done this and saved $4, but sure. Um, but it, it would not recognize uh, the Xbox One controller. But the Steam controller, like that. So now I'm like, all right, just, you know, just switch around and uh, have fun with that. But Man, yeah. I, I dug the Steam, the Steam controller. It was pretty good. I, I just hate the touchpads. They're not that responsive. They're, like... That's my biggest issue, especially like, analog you know, stick is amazing, though. Analog stick is great when like I just need to use that. Like I've been uh, kind of just dumping into the ease games a bit again. Oh, and yeah. like I'm good. I'm good there. But anything like any shooters or anything mm. that requires a right stick, I, I fucking toss that thing out the window. And then you know what? Back to- <clears throat> Actually, um, a game that that controller works like especially well with was Galaxy. 
Like, uh, uh, just like a bit too good, actually. <laughs> I, dude, it, it's just, it's weird. Like, it's especially in like, it's funny. I'll, I'll have something to say in a moment. Cause like, I have one last quick mention. Um, I, we won't be able to include all of our quick mentions, by the way. We never do, which is fine. But I figured like the ones that are worthy enough to get uh, the airtime. Uh, I have just gotten really, really picky about like just my overall controller setups. Like I preferably would love anything um, wireless, but like if I can't, like it's got a, I don't know. The OEM isn't like the way to go. I've learned for every single thing at times. Like even if you're trying to go for like an authentic feel, sometimes like it, you know, it's better to like really embrace optimization. Um, but yeah, I, I think I have Galaxy downloaded on Steam, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. I know I fucked around with uh, Cinemora with the Steam controller, and that was fine. Like, very responsive. Yeah. Um, which, you know, um, was... Yeah, I, I, right. I, I, I just hate those clicky nonsense pads. Yeah, dude, uh, I hate I hate the, uh, the back pedals on the back of it, because sometimes oh, right. I... Yeah, I, I accidentally just grip my controller... Not oh, the... realizing that, like, I'm like <laughs> activating a function. Then you might hate Galaxy then, because like the paddles, I used the paddles extensively in that game, and it actually worked really well the way they were kind of like set up. I, I just didn't get to be used to them, man. Like, if you don't know they're there, don't use them as much. Because yeah. like, I I have the Razer uh, Wolverine, and they have like it's not like the little like I know the Steam one. I know they're like like curved in paddles. These have paddles, but they're facing like north south. Oh yeah, so I they're mean, not like they're not they're not like turned into the controller. They're like up and down, so you kind of know they're there, and you can actually like actively avoid them if you don't want to touch them. You know what I Which mean? Which is good, yeah, because like yeah. no, these protrude just just right. above the curvature of the mm-hmm. controller. It's mm-hmm. I don't know it's a very hit or miss um, controller. So like I don't know, um, and unfortunately, it's the only thing that like also guarantees. Uh, 100 percent uh synchronization with the uh steam link which Ugh. i'm dude yeah steam I'm, link I'm... weirdly enough has gotten a lot of love here recently i don't know where it's come from because <laughs> yeah, people hate that shit back in the day now all of a sudden people are coming around to it again it's weird i don't know what to... it, i yeah well it, it's just redundant now because now i have like dual hdmi out to the point where i'm just like dude i can just you know to take a second fucking HDMI cord and just plug it in the TV and like I don't I don't need this. Yeah, but but the Steam like, Link you could do it remotely. I yeah. Like like, like other rooms in the house. I mean, man, based I on never your got Wi-Fi, it, I, which doesn't help, but I never got it to work. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It. It. It's granted, finicky. I mean, I, I paid five bucks for mine, so no loss. Mm, but nope. But no, I I I paid the good old the fifty five zero that fucking hunker Oof. um yeah it's i mean it's still there it's right there just sharing cell, a shelf space with the uh pstv which also needs which funny enough we were talking now that's about something that i'm bitter that i didn't get mm. dude and like i'm that's one i'm sending it off for the sharp scaler mod and then i am getting a uh, a psp emulator put on mm. it because at this point like there is never gonna be like in my opinion, like an, a, a truly optimized means of uh, playing PSP games on the TV. That isn't that goddamn component cable. <laughs> like, I don't want it. It, I, I need something that, like, can properly scale. And I feel like the PSTV is going to be the uh, best way to go about it. Um, but, yeah, the Vita. 
that did rear controls amazingly. Like I still think about like the time I spent in Tearaway. Um, All I then, think about when I think of the rear pad was that fucking game where you like jerked off your Vita and the girl's clothes blew off. What was that? Kagra Senran? Or Senran oh Kagra? God, yeah, dude. probably well, one of those. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Those are like the games <laughs> that we had behind the counter that you couldn't put out on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yikes. I. Anyway. Um, Record of a Garrus War. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the mouse pad. The really not the really naughty limited edition. Was that the one with the mouse pad, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Funny uh, enough, um, I was thinking about uh you, Andrew, uh, a couple days ago, because um I remember how much you like sang, like you, you sang, but also cautiously uh voiced your opinion on Severed for Vita. And like now right. it's on everything, but like I really yeah. wanna kinda play it on the vita though like you know when it that that's when i feel like the game was at its bravest so just thinking about that yeah um, drink drink box put their stuff out pretty much everywhere now and like i think switch obviously like is like a, a ideal place for that stuff now yeah like it kind of just makes sense ultimately yeah so i think the last quick mention because we did go a little longer than i thought but that's fine because mm-hmm. we, we still got plenty of time um <clears throat> and this is going to be a very very niche thing um, again, I was talking to Ed about it. Totally, totally forgot about the fact that I pre-ordered this. Um, but I got the Hyper Flash 32, the premier flash cart for the Virtual Boy. Um, and this thing's just weird. It's just a weird little device uh, as far as the flash cart. It just, it imbues the same sort of like chaotic energy that a Virtual Boy does. It looks like, like a VMU, though. So kind of weird. Here's the thing. Yeah, it has a uh, electronic ink label. Uh, so you use this to flash the game. So when you're not using, because you can only flash a game in it at a time, mm-hmm. um, you can um, you can just plug it into a USB power supply, uh, and then essentially flash whatever titles you'd like and then you can set up corresponding labels and then like the virtual boy community has actually come up with the even custom labels i'm using the stock ass stock labels but after the game has been flashed uh the label will just permanently be represented there in link and like they've generated a label for just about every virtual boy release including prototypes and homebrews um but yeah it's just been the best way to experience this on stock hardware uh without messing around with the virtual boy emulator um, I think the one that I've really, really got to enjoy the most, like, uh, funny enough. And like Ed was laughing about it. Cause I, I can't really get a realistic copy anytime soon at the moment is, uh, I've been dicking around a Mario clash a lot. I've just, uh, the arcadey Mario titles are just, I, I feel like I hotel Mario, Mario clash wrecking crew, like these weird, stupid, like little, like secular fucking experiences of like just doing these like very fucking one note track a to track b like our our, our contained arcade uh type deals uh like as far as in, like mario's like library are really overlooked not just like fuck mario brothers for a second like wrecking crew 
which like people wouldn't even like for the most part don't even know it was a Mario game in and of itself. Um, so yeah, I I really got into that. But even then, like a lot of the other stupid games that I would never in in a million years be ever able to play, just because of how insane like the Virtual Boy uh, secondhand market is, just for like fucking anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to play uh, Ink's Mouth Yakata or Ink's Mouth Mansion, which is just this fucking bizarre first person uh like maze game but like it's a survival horror maze game where you only have limited rounds and supplies to get through it and like it's just you depending on how well you survive and live you can get one of like five endings it's insane like it's a crazy weird little game and like it i don't know man i i could go on about that um the canceled Mario Kart prototype, Whoa. Uh, Mario Kart Virtual Cup. Which Wait, is... was it the first one or no? Like when this... it was canceled. Okay, was it? Wait, when was Virtual Boy out? Nineteen ninety five, ninety six. Yep. Between that, so... between the SNES to the sixty four. Oh, okay, interesting. All right. Yes, the one thing I am really, really like wanting to get like. Oh man, I would get my peenie and my giny so wet and hard is um the canceled Virtual Boy Mario Land game. Uh which has only been shown again through like it it it's it got the ethereal presence of like Sonic Extreme. Uh but the other one, the one that would really get me hot and heavy, Virtual Boy Donkey Kong Country 2. Which also looked insane. There's only one demo of it. Uh, one demo level that that's like been shown in really shitty grainy uh, like cam footage of uh, Bramble Blast. But as you can imagine, if anyone is familiar with Donkey Kong Country 2, imagine the 3D stereoscopic sense of like going into the foreground and background of something like Bramble Blast with barrel shooting. Mm-hmm. Fucking inc- insane. Incredible. And like, I, you know, we'll never, I don't know. It'll be lost to time. Um, but there's still new games coming. There's a new uh, first person, like, it, basically it's going to be like the equivalent of uh, Atari's Combat, but in a first person view uh, called Warzone. Uh, and I was telling Ed, the the never came to be uh, link cable that was supposed to be released with the Virtual Boy, um, like, homebrew developers... Uh, same people behind uh, the flash cart for the Hyper Flash 32, they made one. And not only did they make one, uh, they've also hacked and developed some multiplayer patches for games that uh, you can, as long as you have two of the same cart and two Virtual Boys. You can play online? No, no, you, old school link cable. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, but one of them is Mario Tennis, and I would love, love the opportunity to play two-player Virtual Boy Mario Tennis with somebody. It's so fucking stupid, but I would love that. It's like the equivalent of, like, uh, fucking um, Stop Skeletons from fighting uh, Derek or Jeremy Parrish, like, getting 16 players together for fucking Game Boy Baseball. Like, like it, it's <laughs> like the perfect storm, but, like, this is far more doable. So anyway, that's my last uh, quick mention. If you guys have a Virtual Boy, especially if you have one consoleized that can do video out, this is a must-have, um, especially with how goddamn ridiculous the Virtual Boy library is getting. And, like, 
everybody wants to shit on the Virtual Boy, but if you have like a game that really can give you banger after banger, like they're like to the top of my head right now, eight bangers on this fucking system that like you really can't experience or find anywhere else. That that's worth it to me. Mm. Like ain't, ain't ain't gonna find eight bangers on the Stadia. No, sadly not. <laughs> You're gonna get a lot of kids games. You want Paw Patrol? We got you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ed, you got one more quick mention for us? Uh, let's see here. I'm just trying to sort of go over the year. Um, I know I sent you a picture, but uh, I didn't know we were only doing three. So um, right. I'm, I'm just going to throw out like um, a few of like the Switch revivals that um, that we've seen over the year. Stuff like uh, the Klonoa Reverie series, for example. Uh, how how that was like like overhauled from the ground up and uh, and re released for uh, for modern systems like PlayStation Four Switch. Um, Klonoa Two was actually my first PS2 game, and I had it before I had a PS2. So that was that was a pretty uh, pretty solid buy. I I, I think I had always wanted to play it again, but like never really um, had the motivation to hook up like a PS2 and you know get the get the stream going. But you know got it on Switch, and it was it was a pretty good time. Uh, same goes for stuff like Snow Brothers. Like, there's a Snow Brothers Nick and Tom special, I think, that came out um, on the Switch as well. I've been wanting to get and, that. Is it I mean, good? it's it's not bad, man. It's not bad mm-hmm. at all. Super cheap uh, if you go like on PlayAsia or like Amazon Japan. Okay. Um, yeah, man. That's and the best part is like all these have English support. Uh, yeah. I got I got all Japanese versions. They were ten dollars US each less than the other ones. Uh... Funny enough, I I I'm way ahead of you on Fantasy Rivery. Like Klonoa is one of mm. my secret favorite hidden jams. Uh, hidden also, jams. You got to watch that stream of yours. Really found out like we have a very different play style of that game. Oh yeah. Uh, I but like I there's always two types of Klonoa players. Like you're just there for the vibes, and then some people are them like no. Got to get all the, all the collection. Myself. See, that's the thing, though, right? I, I was there for the vibes at first, like with the original one, and mm-hmm. uh, I went back. I got everything. I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm a return player, but I'll go. I'll go for vibes first. You play um, yeah, exactly. You know what? And I appreciate that. You play smarter, not harder. Me, I just <laughs> I'm that fucking asshole who does like hard mode right away, thinking mm. they're being efficient, and then they get frustrated and realize that they're not cut out for it yet, and then oh. they decide to do normal. And then do harder on New Game Plus when they've already got all the shit. Because I'm a fucking idiot. Don't get me wrong. I do I do that with Ace Combat. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just dive in as hard as I can. I usually come out all right. Um, and then the, fi- the final one that I got on the Switch actually was um, uh, Live Alive. Which mm-hmm. had had to get Live Alive. I'd always wanted it on Super Famicom. So it was the perfect way, uh, per- per- perfect way to go about it. And again, you know, got the Japanese version, but it has English support in it. So why not? Uh, it's less weird, though. It's got a North American release uh, physically. Yeah, but it's, it was cheaper to get it from Japan. <laughs> all right, yeah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just got them all at once, you know, save 30 USD. Here. You are... You are the exact reason why they put in region protection, my friend. Like <laughs> sure. you, you fuck, you keep fucking it up. They're gonna put it right back. Loophole. Uh that's. Oh, it's so goddamn funny, man. Fuck bubbles. Fuck economies. Like I don't give a shit. Capitalism can, like, suck my chode. Um, that's amazing. I'm. I. Uh, I already went, and I won't give a dialogue. But I also one more shout out. 
the Sega Genesis Mini 2. I really like some of the stuff that that was done on it. And like really, really surprised that Ed didn't get one. I don't care enough. <laughs> and there's not, there the, wasn't I'll, enough on it. Like, I'll just play the Genesis games they come out with on Switch Online. You know, but you ain't going to get them Sega CD games. But like at the same time, we did get chipped on on this end like it 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 came to a point where like the genesis mini 2 was a bit of an afterthought north american uh Mm. i i just think that like i think sega overestimated like that's the reason that i think nes and super nes nostalgia is like so fervent and how come those classics did so well is that nintendo's been meticulous in like drip feeding that shit and doing so in such limited ways whereas Sega fans and Sega kids got spoiled. Like literally, bro, you go to the Saturn, there's already Genesis compilations. You go yeah. to the Dreamcast. <laughs> like Sega has been no stranger like, fuck yeah, we'll give you Genesis games. We're gonna give you Genesis Absolutely. games. You fucking... So by the time that I'm just like, Oh yeah, shit, we got you here too. Like, there's already like nine other ways to experience these games, and then like when like the these mini consoles started just warming shelves. Like, which is weird. I would think that, like, the the Genesis fucking killed over here. It did incredible mm. over here. The Mega Drive was just like, this is cool. This is all right. Like, it, it's not, like, it it's wasn't like a... necessarily a failure in Japan, but it was very much like a, this is a thing. It's an alternative. And then Give, given, much... the, given the amount of systems that saw release out there at that point in time, though, it was, like, it was far behind both the PC Engine and Super Famicom. Yeah, exactly. Like it was, it was very much the third place. Yeah, like, still, still third, but like a distant third. Right, but then the Saturn, like fucking dominates there, just destroys. Yeah, and, yet and then over flounders here, over here. Yeah, I, you know, it, 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 it's so weird. I would love to just do a, a separate discussion altogether, but no, it, it's just a bummer that that thing didn't do as well. Like. I think some people even forgot the Genesis Mini 2 came out this year. You know what? I'm one of them. You just reminded me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, But I enjoyed it. It was was a fun little, especially some of the uh, M2 enhancements that were offered. uh, More specifically, Space Harrier 2. Yeah. Fucking love, love the enhancements. Like, they, they made that game playable. So I got to experience it in a whole different way. That's fair. Uh yeah, like if anything, I kind of wish I got the 32x treatment because if it was really mm. just VDP limitations, yeah, dude, ain't ain't nobody gonna fucking dish on the like a Space Harrier port like the fucking 32x port. But anyway, um, all right, so we definitely have some more, and I'll scour and kind of go over that with with y'all like mm. post production, uh, and then we'll include that in the. Uh, final post for Golden Zonkies, uh, but I think we're done for quick mentions. Cool. Let's 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 talk about going the, to our propers. Yeah, going to our propers, and then we're gonna get the overall ten selections. Uh, nine gonna be divvied up three by three with us, and mm-hmm. then we're gonna all collectively choose our uh, game of the year, and then you know, fucking three wheeled make of shame. Um, Mm -hmm. to kind of top it off.
way there's no confusion because there was some confusion. And I think this will be more cohesive. I think we should do round robin. I I go into one. Ed goes into one. Andrew goes into one. And then cool. we repeat the cycle two more times and we're done. So I th- Okay, I'll be interested because now that we're doing the three, I think there's one. I'm not sure if it's going to be on yours or not. And I'm kind of hesitant to put it on mine. So we may have to have a little bit of like, you know, musical chairs to see <laughs> what, I mean, can, what gets on the list. Yeah. We've always double dipped. I just, I forgot. Okay, so... This is how busy I've been just between life and what. Oh, I, I had no idea we cut down to three either. <laughs> I, I forgot. <laughs> I, no I forgot. And then I looked at the post. I'm like, oh, shit, we did already do this. Cause, and I just remember, too, it made it easier. Past because... self knew that future self would probably want this, and we just forgot about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we forgot all about it. We're like, man, we're going to really set us up for next year, man. We're going to be good. And then we're like, oh, yeah, shit, we forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, like, no. Like, just to give you guys, like, a little bit of a peek behind the curtains, like, I have put 220 hours into into the month of December at my day job. Holy it is, shit. It is too much. I Like, even then, yeah. I, I'm going to try to enjoy the next. And, like, Ed, Ed's working like a madman, too. Andrew, he's working like a man, man. Like, and then you, and both of y'all, both of y'all are family men. Go yeah, I, got, I, I, got we, I got weird ass hours now, man. They got us on 12s. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So like, no it's good. just like, unfortunately, like it, I don't know. So the, I think this was just, it was mostly just for practicality and like, and I'm happy we did it. So um, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys do rock, paper, scissors, shoot. And who wants to go first? And like, we'll go from there. All right, let's go. Ready, Ed? Oh, you can go ahead. Oh, okay. Shit, I was going to do the... Damn. I got paper, just so if anyone knows. Well, I had rock, as it turns out. So, Ah, see, okay. Well, that works then. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start off with a game that was kind of lower on my initial list, but since we've last talked, I've played it quite a bit more, and I'm very confident in having it as my uh, my third pick, if we're going to like put a number to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is Marvel Snap. I have been playing so much of this game and it has taken over a part of my life that I haven't really had to worry about since back in early Magic the Gathering days. I am looking up deck builds. I am looking up strategies. I am liking tweets of people that, you know, really have like amazing comeback wins in their games. Like it's just really got me excited about collectible card games again. And the best part about Marvel Snap is, like, you literally don't spend a dime on it. Like, it really has embraced the free-to-play model. And and, and, and and honestly, like, you don't spend a dime on it. Like, you can. There, of course, is a lot of money-grab options that they have at their disposal, especially if you want variants of certain cards and certain people. But ultimately, like, you earn everything through gameplay. And so, okay, so Marvel Snap is interesting. So... I don't know, have you guys touched this at all? Have anyone? I okay, so I downloaded it and okay. I think you guys both understand my unhealthy addiction to deck builder right. games and like so I I've kind of purposely wanted to set time aside from it, but like the one okay. thing that absolutely done cuz I thought it was just a stupid licensed cash grab that I didn't think was going to get like the kind of love that I would want out of a deck builder game. The fucking card that fucked me up and was just like, I'm downloading this was Uncle Ben. Um, just 
I've not Uncle... seen Uncle Ben yet. That must be pretty later on in the in the uh, collection, I bet. Uh, no, it was one of the first waves. Uh, but just the Uncle the card effect for Uncle Ben. Uh, when this card is destroyed, add Spider Man to your hand. Yep. Yep. That fucked me up so much. There, there, there are cards like Bucky Barnes that if you destroy Bucky Barnes, he turns into the Winter Soldier, and he's a much more powerful card. Oh my god. Um, there is, there is. Okay, so um, <laughs> to give an example, um, there is a card Hobgoblin where if you put into play, it goes to your opponent's side, and it's a minus eight power. So it's a real troll of a card because you'll play it and it'll go over to the other player's side and basically just nuke whatever power they had going for them. But mm. if you have a specific card, you can on reveal uh, trigger any uh, on reveal effects that have happened with any cards on that side. Mm-hmm. And so if you play an Odin, Odin does that. That's one of his uh, on reveal abilities. So you basically put Odin into play and it sends the card right back to the other player. Return to sender. It, it's so much fucking fun when that shit happens. Like when those specific combos and those specific like prerequisites kind of play out the way you want it to, and and you know it, it works. It's phenomenal. It is so much fun to watch. And usually by that point, people usually retreat from the game entirely. Yeah, um, that's the one thing that I think killed deck builder games for me is when like you forget like there's a one there's a bunch of theming in just like context to cards that make combos fun but when you just break everything down to a meta right and you build around a meta i i hate it makes me not and, like the card game anymore. and well okay and that's the one thing that i'm kind of like i'm learning to play you know i guess like i'm learning to play the game in spite of the fact that i play it that way because i'm the same way like when i played magic i wanted to make like very like thematic decks like this is my angel deck this is my vampire deck Right. But, you know, you can't get into the mechanics of the cards and you play it just for the mechanics at that point. It does, it's not fun for me. Like, I want to have a theme and like kind of like a, a flow to like why I have mm-hmm. the cards in the deck, not just for the abilities they, they can do. But yeah, Marvel Snap, you definitely have to play cards in a certain meta way. You don't get to play stuff, but it, it is kind of like fun to kind of play around with certain abilities and, and if they can pop off when they want them to. Like, that's really exciting stuff. But yeah, I, I would say I've not built maybe one or two decks of my own, just like on my own whim of like what I had. Everything else I've had to go online and look up what works and the synergy of the cards together. Um, but I like it because when you're playing it, there, there's pools of cards. So as you're playing, you are in a specific pool where you'll earn cards as you play. And you'll play in pool one. These are the cards that are most effective. But you don't have to worry about playing people in higher pools until you get further along in the collection process. And then you have to kind of worry about getting those specific cards. Like, there's very much cards right now that I wish I had because they're very much part of the meta. But I still have fun. Um, you can still unlock and complete missions pretty easily. And those will unlock new cards. They'll unlock, you know, avatars and, and you know, just random, like, cosmetic stuff like that. Um, but it is just like, because um, the actual people that developed it are former Hearthstone developers. So it has that lineage of Hearthstone kind of like initially when that game first came out before it kind of got ran to the ground with microtransactions. Like it has that, in my mind, like that like pick up and play kind of feel where like it's very easy to learn, you know, difficult to master, but very fun to play. Like it's just, it's really taken over my my, my phone usage pretty much. Like anytime I have a free minute, I'm on there playing Marvel Snap. 
Um, it doesn't have multiplayer yet, but it's coming. But I can see that being a big game changer once that opens up. I wonder, like, at some point, if depending, because, like, uh, I've, again, I've, I've noticed a lot of mobile structures, uh, mobile games to, like, really get the penetration that they want, uh, they also make... Uh, versions available on Switch and, and Steam because now there they're... there is a PC port of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, kinda... I would love to see a Switch version of that. Actually, that'd be pretty awesome if they did that. I yeah, like it, it is something that I'm afraid to dip my toes into, but would absolutely love to. Right. Um, it's just I I know for a fact that um, it once I get going and then I'll be just like you, I'll, I'll look up some like existing deck builds and then kind of see what kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I, I just, I don't like, dude, like I was a Yu-Gi-Oh fucking nerd, like big Yu-Gi-Oh nerd and like really enjoy. And even then, like funny enough, I've like kind of like, uh, we're talking about old anime. I like, I'm a mm. sucker for like Japanese subs, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and I was watching it again like to the uh effervescent eye rolls of Val. Um, hey hey uh, can, can can I do a quick aside? Just a quick aside. Yeah. Uh come there's on, a ton, there's a ton of shmup cards in Yu-Gi-Oh! It's nuts. There is. There, <laughs> I it was funny enough, um, because the fact that it's made by Konami, like yeah. uh yeah. and it's so funny because fucking um fucking Thundercross and Zexx and Gradius and Yeah Salamander, and, you name it. Yes. Gradi- like they just get their game names um in the North American set. Yeah, like there's a Gradius card. There's even op like Gradi the Gradius options are mm-hmm, their yeah. own cards and create their combos. Up but to four, like, yeah. Yes. But in Japan, they kept their like pro- like the Gradius card is Vic Viper in other shit. Yeah, mm. no, it's funny. You oh, can- oh no, no. They they had a a number of Vic Vipers uh in the North American one too. Did they? Oh yes, no. I've got like thirteen or fourteen different Yu-Gi-Oh cards. They they had oh, all so four funny. of them from uh, Gradius Gaiden. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, fucking. Oh, dude, I still have my. I had a blue eyes deck and a red eyes deck, and like they've and they've done so many different retrains and support cards for them now. But like Yu-Gi-Oh fucking sucks now. Like <laughs> it 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 just because you can literally. There are decks that can literally win the game in two turns on, like, like not even, like, the. it's not, like, a, a lucky Exodia draw. It, it There's so many, like, just nonsensical rules, like Pendulum, Link. Like, I was fine with the Synchro cards. I'm like, okay, cool, like, make this fast game already faster. Sure. Uh, then they did the XYZ cards. I'm like, this is too fast. I, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? And then now it's just you can i don't know it makes it not fun and like i i just like there's even memes about it now because like uh Yu-Gi-Oh has a a dual links uh app outlet that works like snap and like i it just made me like it made me realize why i don't like deck building games but like uh no i do i love them but i mean like um some of the old ones uh pokemon tcg is also kind of uh done like they've added some new convoluted rules that I'm not a fan of. But anyway, uh the point I'm trying to make is I would love to check out Marvel Snap. I'm just afraid right. that like the metas are going to overtake the spirit of it cuz that's what's literally happened to literally everything it's, else. It's it's a very good possibility that's exactly what will happen cuz I think that's kind of what I'm already doing. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I don't know. I for me I guess it didn't like ruin the experience. 
I just I usually will commend if someone's playing a deck where I'm like, oh, I know what you're doing. I know what that combo is. Okay, yeah, like, kudos, I, I you know? Yeah. I can appreciate that. I just, I don't know. I don't, like, I know you can't perfectly do like a, like you can't do an Avengers deck or anything like that. Right, like, right. Marvel Knights or something. Like, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't. No. Which, you know what you could do in an old, does, does anybody, do you remember Overpower? No. Overpower was a DC Comics deck building uh, TCG huh. in the early 90s. Look it up. I okay. For all you fucking old fogies out there, Overpower is the shit. I really enjoyed it. Um, also, uh, the DBZ trading card game, mm-hmm. really underrated in Superbun, and also understood themes, understood the importance of it. But anyway, I'm, right. I'm happy that you included it. I'm happy it's got a hold of you, and at mm-hmm. one point, if it does, when it does finally introduce multiplayer, yes, I I think that'll be the last needle that like you know I agree, or, and and then at that point I'm like fuck, all right, you got me, they got me. Um, okay, Ed, go ahead and give us your pick number three. Uh, gotta go with Sol Cresta. Hmm. So and forgive me, because this is gonna be the dumbest question I think you may hear yet in this show. Uh, fucking patent pending. Uh, is it does it have a Tate mode prior uh, proper? Yes. Okay. Fucking cool. Because like I I haven't bothered to do the research, but I've I've been really wanting to grab it on Switch. Now you had gotten don't the get it OG on Switch. At, you had gotten the OG at one point. Yes. <laughs> I've got all the Cresta games actually. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've uh, I've got Sulk. Uh, uh, sorry, Terra Cresta on uh, Arcade Archives as well as the uh, previous Moon Cresta from 1981. Uh, as part of Arcade Archives. But I've also got Moon Cresta on Super Famicom, uh, PlayStation 1, uh, as well as a standalone PlayStation 1 version because uh, it was part of uh, the Nichibutsu Arcade Classics Volume 1 for both Super Famicom and PlayStation 1. So um, there's that. And then, of course, there is uh, the, in- the... It's an incredible game, but it's also very expensive. Friggin' uh, Terra Cresta 2 uh, on PC Engine. Uh, I think I still think that's the pinnacle of the series. Um, Terra Crest 3D, not so much. I think that's actually the, uh, the the least good one of the lot. And then, of course, uh, Sol Cresta came out uh, this year. So, um, um, so when you say that, am I to assume is because Sol Cresta is basically like bloodstained and where the Switch version is uh, very poorly optimized? Yes. <laughs> I, if you're going to get Soul Crest, to just get it on uh, either PS4 or PC. But I haven't downscaled my PS4 to my Tate fucking PVM. All right. Maybe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, don't, don't, you'll end up frustrating yourself on the Switch. I, I've got both uh, the uh, Switch and the, uh, the, P, uh, the, the PC version. And uh, yeah, both. Far and away, much better on PC. So, okay, so talk to us. What exactly, um, I mean, I mean so, you're here to sing its praises, but I'm just curious. So the idea of, of Cresta is that, uh, well, okay, the, the Cresta series in general, it, it has a docking mechanic, right? So Moon Cresta, you could earn extra bits that you would dock onto and get more firepower. Uh, Terra Cresta and Terra Cresta 2, you would find uh, spots or or carriers within each stage that would 
relinquish a piece and that would uh, be added on to your uh onto your ship but terra cresta uh introduced formations so basically and this is cool because like on the um on the famicom and nes version of terra cresta you can actually change how the formation behaves when you uh when you um uh engage it you only have like three uses of the formations per piece that you get and it only goes to a maximum of three so uh you know you can strategize all the way up until you get the fifth piece of your ship um and like terra crested too you could do it even more because there was uh you know you could, you could do five separate formations of um uh five separate formations depending on how many pieces you've actually gotten and you can change the direction of your shot and everything it's really cool stuff um the formations are something that carried over to pretty much everything else you could uh, you had formations in terra cresta 3d but in sol cresta what was really cool is that your formations would give you different uh like completely different attacks um and so in order to get a, a different formation, you'd have to position your ship in a certain uh, manner that they make shapes or like uh, lines, either vertically, horizontally. Uh, you could uh, make triangles. You could uh, make like a diagonal line. And each one of these formations does a special move. Um, they're all activated by like a, a gauge in the side. It's all in my review. <laughs> you can go and see it. The thing about it, though, is that it's it's a lot more fast paced and it's easier to uh, to sort of get the result you need than any other version of the game. So uh, it's very flexible, like on the fly, flexible rather than um, uh, rather than uh, before you start flexible. You know what I'm trying to say? So um, no, it's it's, it's very it's very dynamic. It's much more dynamic, I would say, than any other any other Cresta game. And I think f to that end, it's it's pretty good. Um, soundtrack by Yuzo Koshiro can't really go wrong with that. Mm. And uh, the 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 one caveat to the whole thing is that its graphics look like shit, no matter what version you're gonna play. Uh, because okay. they they went for some sort of weird filter that uh, tried to emulate like a retro pixelized look, uh, but it ended up like scan, scan lines and shit like that. No, even worse. It was no. just like it. It's got like a weird, yeah, like it's, it's almost. A, Vectrix look to some of the it's, visuals. It's a 3D game, but they put a filter over it to make it look like 2D sprites, right? Weird. But okay. like they didn't do it well. If you saw, because I re I reviewed another game called Drainus, and it was a great game, ah, excellent game actually. Um, but it it did the the whole pixelized style of 3D graphics way better than Soul Crested did, 100. percent But I, I think, think what it is too. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, I, I would say. So go go ahead. No, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just. Um, I've only really seen Soul Cresta in still images, so like it looks fine still images. But you're saying when it animates like shit. Oh like yeah, no. <laughs> when you see it in when you see it in motion, like I, I saw the screenshots too, and I was super jazzed for it. And when it came out, I'm like, what the fuck is this? So man, but this. I think uh, in terms of its gameplay, it has longer legs than Drainus, which is why I picked it over Drainus. Mm. Okay. So I I think, cause I, and I apologize that I may have misunderstood, as far as the Switch version being the worst, is it like poor frame rate? Uh, you're not as responsive? 
uh yeah it dips down uh the the resolution isn't there and there is input delay okay so yeah that's the one thing like dude they still haven't fucking bloodstained is still fucked on the switch and i'm like i just don't get it man like and i'm i'm I, I keep getting a lot of people saying, oh, you, you don't, you just don't like Switch. Switch is good. I don't notice anything. The thing is, is that you may not notice it because you're conditioned by it. The, the fact of the matter is, is that the Switch will, if I've got the choice between PlayStation 4 and Switch or PC and Switch, I'll always go to either PC or PS4 over Switch because nine times out of 10, with the tenth time being, what was the one that came out that was really friggin' responsive? Uh, oh, it was the. Um, what was I gonna say the? Uh, it was still had input delay, but the uh, the S tribute for layer section was better on Switch than it was on PC, but like not by much. Uh, PS4 was still best for that. But yeah, no, um, it, it's only very rare that something will behave well on the Switch. And it I, I don't know why it's uh, it's so difficult to nail that down. Because like the Livewire stuff for um, like the cave games that came out, Escaluda 2 and uh, mm-hmm. what was the other one there? Friggin' uh, Dodanpach Daifukatsu and the uh, Mushihime-sama port. Those are all fantastic. So it can be done. Uh, Crimson Clover World Explosion, excellent port, so it can be done. But then you see stuff like Akai Katana, and it's it's the input delayed on the Switch once again. Like uh, even yeah, some yeah, of the, this is the most hot and cold I've ever heard you on the platform. Like this is coming from the dude that picked this as his golden zonkey. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think the the reason for that, I mean, it's what now five years old, six years old. Yeah, it is showing its age. It showed its age when it first came out, but like more and more, I think the uh, the expectations of it it can't it can't deliver what's being expected of it. No, it's funny. Like, and and again, I don't want to derail, especially you know, try to keep things uh, concise. But I'm kind of curious, just because it is a, a relevant question. Um, what do you guys, how do you guys feel about the rumor or otherwise a statement that, um, had we not had a pandemic that we would have saw, uh, a hardware upgrade or at least a, uh, a, a pro version, if you will, like a, uh, patch up in the same vein of like, uh, fucking the one X or Man, the PS4 pro switch switch pro was a rumor that started the, the second that thing came out. I mean, <laughs> To be fair, like I've had no desire to upgrade to an OLED switch. I've had really? no reason. No, I've had no reason. No, I, it's, it's, I mean, the, the 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 return on investment is not there for me. I mean, because I assume when I play a Switch game, I'm not playing it for graphical fidelity. I'm not playing it for like the best visuals. Mm. I'm playing it because it's portable. Because I don't play docked. I, I I pretty much play exclusively portable, and because I think it has a great library of games to choose from. But they're all games that are like dated. You know, and, and they're not really like the newest wave of games coming out. So, I mean, I have no desire to get something, mm. uh, you know, that that graphically advanced. I just that's not what I'm looking for in a switch. I'm really not like I'm looking for portability and a tried and true franchise of games. Fair enough. I right. I think Val and I are starting to hit. We fi- we finally got Joy-Con drift. Like we caught. It's like the, it's, it's the same discussion. Where we're like, oh, I, we but I'm t- I'm telling you, man, it's. It was such an easy thing to get figured out. 
I literally just had to send it in and like two weeks it came back and I've had no problem since it's a very, very streamlined process. Like, thankfully, like, like whatever you've like heard or or assumed about it, it's a very streamlined, very easy process to send it in and then get replaced. Took it into his own hands. Oh, Ed just did it. So well, well, Ed, Ed's the mad scientist, man. He'll just do it himself. He'll like, (laughs) fuck it. I got this. (laughs) I'm good to go. Franken cons. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it better. I'll do it better than they do. Yeah. Um, right. Okay, yeah, I just it's just funny cuz at this point I think I'm well and and no looking longer... like looking like the graphical, you know, the the GPU shortage and shit like that. Like all that was a factor I think even around the time of COVID. Like around that time yeah. was the exact same time where you couldn't get hardware for shit. So, no. I mean, yeah, it was I, always going to be dated. I think the the one question we've kind of all asked each other and like we're finally seeing PS5s like back in the wild like look everybody, mm-hmm. nature is healing. Fucking right. like we we can get this thing that's been out for more than two years. Man, like, the only PS5 I saw in the wild was in the ass crack of northern Quebec. Wow. <laughs> like Jeez. one in yeah. the three years that it's been out. <laughs> wow. Oh, I totally misheard that. I, I just thought you were making fun of the way it looked. <laughs> I thought well, you were just well, like well, well now you, that you like, say I, I it thought, like I, I just pictured a literal ass crack of North Quebec looking like a PS5 and I'm like oh all right <laughs> <laughs> now that you say it nah. I mean it definitely but yeah, yeah no they and they wanted nine hundred dollars for it with a freaking controller so yikes yeah oh. that no, that's literally the only one that I ever saw in the wild mm. we so, we just yeah, need even to get today Ed in his free Xbox One ass fucking uh games pass i just i I still don't know why you sat on that dude i'm telling you you're gonna you're, you're gonna find a lot of goodies there even there, there, like... there's one in particular i'm gonna talk about that i got because of game pass and oh man so there's some really good options and the only downside to it is that they go away eventually which really is making me sad yeah but, it, but yeah. if anything if you like it enough you can just buy it and support the, I mean, that's the way I'm going to try to look at it. Yeah. What you can, you can buy it at a discount, which is nice. Yep. So, uh, my third pick is something that definitely came from games pass, uh, and it's tunic mm-hmm. and God damn, does this game like still find ways to live like rent free in my head? Um, only because like, I, I just enjoy it's, even the world of it, which is so subdued, it, it is so careful in how it unfolds and opens up to mm-hmm. you, and, and it like it just embellishes in its mystique. It loves like cutting you off from like trying to make sense or reason of it, at, at least within like I, I think as far as just the the metatextual commentary of game design and being led through. Uh, a tunnel of point A to point B in in a gameplay loop and kind of just like the argument of player autonomy, like where does a player have agency uh, or or kind of earn a sense of discovery if things are anticipated or if things are kind of just like fucking spoon fed to you, where this game kind of just tears all that down. It gives you the barest of essentials as far as like just direction, explanation, and it really leaves you to your own devices. But even when like you've gotten when you believe you've gotten a feel for it, like there are still items in this game that I have no idea what they do. That it like even upon experimentation, because you can absolutely misuse or not like 
execute an item uh very well that it, it it'll it'll do nothing like i i don't i i didn't even earn a lesson from it and that's not necessarily like it's weird in other examples of a game i would call that like poor game design to an extent but like I, I don't know. I don't want to fault Tunic for a reason. If anything, Tunic has found a way, like that careful balance of motivating me as a player to kind of like, and, and like now I've kind of hit that age where like, if I get frustrated enough, I'm going to go online. I'm just going to go online. I'm going to find someone who either was able to see the picture faster than I could, or like put the pieces together like better than I could and kind of just get it just because at some point, I, I'm more about the destination than the journey just because of unfortunately my patience. Mm. But like there are times where like, you know, I, I kind of want more and like Andrew and I've had some spirited discussion because there are Which, times where like, yeah, I, I, I wish this world would kind of unfold to me in a way that, but I've kind of like started leaning towards more of Andrew's side of the argument to where like, you know, this world exists in spite of me. I'm here like it's mm -hmm. I'm not here to in like I am not a tourist here I'm not something to make like I it's it is literally what I make of it but at right. the end of the day it it will live or die on its own merit like it has such a life of its own and and that's kind of like what's gotten under my skin about it but in, like in this great way like I I can't help but like just love like just the overall vibe of tunic and even then just going away and it's, it's that old school. Like if anybody ever shared any sort of story of like what to do in Zelda or you know, how the fuck did you get past that part in Sonic the Hedgehog three and carnival night zone? Like just mm -hmm. like the, 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 the playground scuttlebutt, the fucking to the point the where you're the, adult the water, cooler water cooler conversations. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I can't and think, there's only it's one other game, which is also on my list, and we'll get to. I'm sure it's obvious, but right. So it's interesting because I have a similar, not not similar in the way that you have, but like okay. So for me, I think the uh, experience of traversing the world is more important than getting to the finish line. So I've actually kind of considered this game very much like Braid, where I didn't want to spoil something, and I felt like it was a disservice to me and the developer if I went and tried to find out the the stuff easily mm -hmm. um and i've gotten to those moments where i've like and actually I, I i bounced off it pretty hard because of a specific battle that i just don't have the patience to ride out so it's not so much the patience of exploring the world and and discovering these things and the mechanics and how like you'll kind of just like be aimlessly wandering and then realize all of a sudden oh the the random like bend in this cave actually is a hidden entrance and I would have no idea because there's no way they, it deciphers this is where you're supposed to go next. This is not like it doesn't point it out like boldly like this is the spot where you enter. You just have to find it by trial and error. Like you just are stumbling into a lot of things half the time. Then you're like, well, where the fuck am I? And then you realize later on, like hours later, oh, this is what this was. But I just didn't know at the time or how to get to it at this moment. My problem is the patience of the boss battles because I've kind of stumbled my way through most of the boss battles thus far. And I've had enough abilities and weapons to kind of like cheese the fight to where I can get through it pretty quick. There's one particular battle where I just don't have the patience to ride it out. And it's a very like multifaceted 
kind of time-consuming boss battle. Mm-hmm. I, I I just bounced off it so hard because I was like, I don't have the patience to ride this out, and that's where the, I'm stuck currently. Was it the first Guardian? It is. It's the top tower. Oh, see. So like, it, it's 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 that tower where like the library is, and it shows like the how they how they develop yes, the little portal system. You're further than me. I haven't gotten okay. to the boss in that area yet. Just because I'm he, going back, and mm. now I'm like. So my big issue Are, is the first guardian the one that's in the ground and then wakes up. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I I recall that one. Right. And, but that that that's that one of the boss battles I stumbled through because I was just like, okay, I'll just cheese some of the abilities I have. You know, because I, I had wandered enough to get stuff pretty, like, you know, well powered up at that point. I, I appreciated that there were different ways to go about it. Like, it right. had, like they, they each uh, boss has kind of like a Zelda philosophy to it. But instead right. of it being like a very, like, one note thing, like, um, I learned that, like, uh, you can use its spider-like legs and kind of just attack it in the middle as opposed to, like, I, I just lobbed bombs. Mm-hmm. Um but there is a, at one point where um, I'm trying to think of the power where you can uh, freeze, uh, where mm-hmm. I use my, my freeze spell on like one of the pieces of debris that then crackles and explodes and was able to do it in the boss's blind spot. And it made it so much easier. Like there is little moments like that where like you, the game, like not necessarily, you don't have to come across like wanting to sequence break it, but you you could, you could really come across it in a very unorthodox way and you would be able to yield results that like surprisingly most other games would shut down. Like right. it, 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 it's very much, you know, the, the, the term sandbox is a little overused, but I, I really appreciate, you know, it, and it's so funny because like, and I know I've mentioned this prior. I mentioned this in the last rant that I have in like, and apologies. And I'm going to say it one more time. Cause like, it took me, I stewed on it a lot. I've even had conversations with Val, who's very patient in hearing some of the shit. Cause sometimes she just doesn't care. She's just like, mm-hmm. this is fucking stupid. <laughs> but anyway, like there, there's a whole different, like hidden, like narrative and universe within tunic that's spelled out through a completely like cryptic, language that is never ever no. revealed to you in game and like mm-hmm. you you were really like it, it it it's so funny that like it uses like a lot of a lot of different psychoanalytical tropes that that have been discovered like where these characters they literally have no meaning no transcription nothing as opposed to where like games that have done something similar like fez did this where it had its own uh, insular uh language that like you could not find until at one point in a very like very like niche just like uh, very contained little hidden area where you see 26 characters and then by the 26 characters you literally see a literal quick fox jumping over like a fucking lazy dog and you realize oh those 26 characters they're trying to say that this is the entire alphabet because the sentence, the quick brown fox jumps over lazy dog, uses every character from the like English alphabet. Like that's fucking goddamn. That's really pretentious. But like, you know what? I, I appreciated after like fucking tunic because tunic really, really is just like, no, like Mm-mm. you are just going to have to look at, you're just going to have to look at the similarity of characters. And it, it, you know, what's funny is I could even make sense of some of the words, because you'd be surprised, 
like it, it just uses all of these little tricks to like somehow make some of these characters make sense. So, like I'm talking when I say characters, I don't mean like personalities. I'm talking about like the little scribbles that make up its own unique language. Mm-hmm. Like uh, for example, if I were to give you a sentence of words and I scrambled all the letters in between, like if we take one singular word, but I kept the first letter and the last letter of it the same and scrambled the letters in between our brain can still read it in the Mm -hmm. same way that it's Mm. weird that like, you know, depending on like, like just how like reading comprehension levels aside in, in some instances, even uh, some of us have gotten to a point where we can seamlessly read words upside down or we can like, you know, it's the same like psychoanalytical tricks that like, you know, play upon us when we see like a fucking round of wheel of fortune. Now, taking that and applying it to characters that appear in clusters of four or five and then just kind of applying that to the principles of the English language, there's already somebody out there that's translated the entire manual. But, like, the labor of love that it takes in, like, invest and really sink your teeth into it and just, like, you'll get just as much as you put into the world. I, I, you know what? No one's done it like Tunic. Right. And I also feel like... It's it's strange because then you actually like come across where like you get a page of the manual and you've already accomplished that because just the exploration's so open that you will find and get into things and it won't hold you back. It won't prohibit you from doing any of it. It, it truly lets you explore and, and if you figure stuff out on your own, great. You know, because the manual like is there to help once you get to that point. But I've definitely discovered pages of the manual that I've already been there, done that. Like. A while ago, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, that would have been nice a while ago. But I, I figured it out. Just intuition and perseverance. Like, you eventually figure stuff out in that game. But um, like I said, that boss battle in particular, man, like, I'll, I'll go back to it now, I think, after the fact and maybe, like, approach it with a little more patience. But those boss battles, if that's what a Souls game is like, I'm going to have some trouble playing Elden Ring. I'm not going to lie. Because some of those fights get kind of hard. And that's why I've heard it. it's very Souls-esque. In some of the boss battles, I don't know. Would you agree with that? I yes, but like okay. even then, like I would say that, um, in those two really share because like again, Souls, prior Souls games was very much like the get good, whereas like I think Tunic gave you just enough uh, room because like there's another thing too that it does that I wish, it's just so like, it it's two different schools of thought where like. You know, there's this argument about Elden Ring, and, like, I don't want to dip too much into that when I know it's going to make another appearance in conversation. Sure. Um, where it it kind of drops any direction that it gives you as far as, like, what what to do in a, in a gameplay situation through, like, this fucking dense lore. Um, Tunic does the exact opposite. It really just, like, it does everything through such a minimalistic way to where like the ability cards like fucking i i still don't know what some of these fucking do like i know for example like the bracer card the bracer card will like does give me like uh boosted defense but if i equip it like i'm not gonna hit as hard and like that bracer like that's universal any in any any rpg any role-playing game you know what's up um but then at a later point it wasn't until like i literally just swapped cards the tincture card 
which is just a fucking wine glass with a little like, you know, it, it's just a wine glass with like uh, an aroma coming from it. That's what increases your attack, but lowers your defense. It's the exact opposite of the bracer. And I'm like, why the fuck? Like, how does that make sense? Like, I, I, I pictured like a sword or something, but like, you wouldn't know that unless you literally applied the attention. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go up to this enemy and I'm going to see how many hit points of damage they take between me swapping these cards. And then there are cards like the fucking perfume card. What the fuck does that do? Inverted ash. I think I have an idea of what that does. The game does nothing to explain these. Like you just, it's all just like all trial and error. And, like, you can kind of, like, play around with it and kind of just perceive or, or, or take... I, I enjoy that. I really do. And, like, the fact that, like, again, it sticks with me and I'm going to have to talk to somebody about, like, have you fucked around with these cards? Have you discovered what they do? <laughs> um, you and, and it's got, like, a very Breath of the Wild uh, approach to it, too, where, like, they're already, like, crazy speed runs of, like, things where, like, you can sequence break that game in ways that I didn't even think you could, it, which is weird because it, the game is very much like it, when it's in your way, it is in your way. It really force you in. It, it's not necessarily like at some point it's not that you can explore off a beaten path. It's just that you will really bump across every nook and cranny to kind of just get a sense of what the fuck can I do next? Like very much like an old school Zelda game. Uh, but people are already fucking tearing it apart. It's I don't know. It's crazy. But yeah, Tunic is uh my pick. So uh, let's see for round two. Let's go ahead and bounce it back to uh, to Ed this time instead of Andrew Start. All right. So round der. Um, definitely. Okay. So this is kind of like a, an out of left field sort of game. No one knows about this one. But it is the wildest ride that you can have for whatever it costs. It's not much. Um, it's called Grand Cross Renovation. It's on PC. It's a an old Dojin like game maker style game. And woof, once you get into it, it uh, it grabs you. It doesn't let you go. And it is so fun. It's kind of unbelievable. Well, interesting. So shoot them up, obviously. Uh, it's got mild scoring mechanics in uh, in that you can change shots to cubes by using like a laser weapon. Um, you have decent flexibility in like where you can aim your your weapons. Like you've got obviously your straight shot, <clears throat> but you can also change the uh, the angle of your laser beam. And uh, there are points where you can like dock into like a giant suit of armor and basically turn yourself into a boss. It's super cool. Um, some of the backgrounds kind of look like a four-dimensional Tesseract. It's nuts. Uh, it'll break your brain if you think too hard about it. Um, I, I would definitely say it's not for the uh, not for the easily triggered in terms of epilepsy. There's a lot right, of flashing, right. a lot of a lot of like patterns, and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of like uh, visual noise within the uh, the presentation. But wow. It wasn't ever a good ride. The music was fantastic. It was more or less brief, but I think it stood out more than any other shooter, I think, this year. Can you speak to, like, the story of it? Because I feel like there's, is there, like, some, like, maybe interesting stuff with, like, a story? 
uh, of the game? I mean, or is it kind of like there is a story, but like it's your right. typical shoot 'em up kind of fair. Like uh you basically okay. have to destroy like a, a central core. Uh and that's like gotcha. the main thing. Okay. Like each of the main big bosses have this core that you have to destroy, right? So So you mentioned it's a game maker? It was Game Maker. It was made in like a Pixel Game Maker, I think, is what the engine was that, uh, that it was oh, used. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was okay. like a, a Sega Saturn sort of thing, and then they adapted that over to like a PC game. And it, it came out of nowhere, and it got it didn't get a ton of attention. But man, for what it was, it was uh, you know it was it was rough in some places because like one one guy made it right, but. Uh, for, you know, for what it was, I think it's, it's probably like the, the, the most stylish shooter that's, uh, that's been released in 2022 for sure. Just from a purely aesthetic, uh, aesthetic standpoint, nothing else touches it. Uh, it's got a demo. Yeah, man. It's got really, yeah, I'm like, I'm loving the look of it. And like the prologue sounds like something like straight out of like. It sounds like Hitoshi Sakamoto did it, but it wasn't Hitoshi Sakamoto. It's super duper good. Now, I, I would uh, I would a hundred percent recommend checking out the demo, uh, and if you like it, just you know pick it up. I am I'm literally downloading this it, as we speak. It, it's wild. Nice, it is nice. it is wild. It's a very wild game. Yeah. All right. I I like the look of it. Like it very much. Like you mentioned Saturn two. Like it's definitely got radiant silver gun looking vibes to mm. it. Yeah, there's like I said, some of the backgrounds are pretty, uh, pretty mind mind melting. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it harkens back to like a radiant silver gun, almost like a Sega Titan V style of, uh, of visuals. I like it too. Like, dude, it. I would have to say, like, and again, which is definitely like kind of gonna play into how we approach golden zonkeys uh for 2023 Mm -hmm. Mm. um retro video gaming like has it's bigger than it's ever been like it sucks that it's kind of expensive in a lot of aspects but there's also a lot of different things that have made it inexpensive especially the mister Mm. so right i i am I am just so happy that people are also repurposing because, like, I feel like no joke. I feel like there's trace elements of like a Sega T like Titan, like involved with like there just has to be. I, I'm not necessarily saying like the sprites are recycled, but like it definitely feels like they're using some of the same tech. Oh yeah, definitely. Man. Yep. Um... Another neat thing about this game here is that uh, there's like a decent amount of risk reward when it comes down to the scoring. Uh, your main, like your super weapon is tied to your health. And uh, when your health drops down to a certain point, getting hit will uh, obviously kill you. But you can still take damage if you've got health left over. So if you play it safe, you can get through the game. But if you if you go risky about it, you can uh, you can like rack up the points and, you know, rank in much, much higher. So there's a decent amount of depth to be had for those looking for a little more out of it than just getting from point A to point B.
there's definitely like I I definitely see myself kind of getting it's so funny because uh Radiant Silver Gun just got a re-release on um on Switch, Switch. yeah. And I I used to be one of those like I do not it, it wasn't until like just playing around with it after kind of like appreciating some of the principles from other treasure titles. Like Ikaruga clicked with me from the start. And it still does. I still enjoy it. Um, but I was always so like, like, cause Brady Silver Guns just was just hard as fuck. I hated it. Like I, <laughs> I never enjoyed like just dying immediately past like the third state, uh, like the, the third little mini boss or third encounter and just being like, Oh, cool. And like finally being able to like kind of give it the time and energy that it commands and, and just, you know, giving it that shot and then getting the reward of like inching further and realizing like, okay, especially if like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm poopy butthole when like it comes to certain uh, shoot 'em up ventures. So uh, being able to find like which combos click and where to do what, like I, I don't, I don't necessarily appreciate that like level of commitment or memorization with all games, but I felt like there there was like enough there to keep me coming back. So um, I don't know. I kind of like uh, I, I just like the spectacle and vibe of what I'm seeing so far. So, yeah, definitely going to give yeah. this demo a shot. I think uh, more than any other game that I played, too, is like I remember it, it was someone along the line uh, so, somewhere. Some, someone somewhere along the line said, hey, I've got these keys from uh, the publisher Hinteko Dojin you want one i'm like yeah i'll give it a, I'll, I'll give it a look and like i i featured it on the the live stream a couple of times because you know it was worth uh worth showing the first time i played it like i got all the way through it and i just remember just sitting there for i don't know maybe a solid 30 seconds and i just said holy shit <laughs> like it was the most intense thing for sure wow yeah now it's uh absolutely worth a uh worth even a passing glance good deal all right andrew what's your Yo. second pick so this is tough for me because i originally went into this thinking that tunic was gonna be my number one but i kind of got into something here kind of fairly recently that i think has overtaken that um and, and i think i'll definitely give tunic more time and maybe play through it to see kind of see it through till it's you know conclusion Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about Tunic briefly, but uh, I will say that game, when it came out, I I just loved the mis- the mystery behind it. And I, I I'm still in love with the mystery of it, like not quite knowing exactly what's happening or what's going on, and just kind of picking it apart little by little. And all the while, like when you actually accomplish something in that game, it it is truly like a sense of accomplishment that I don't think I've gotten from most games. Like, I, I feel like I actually really, like, tackled something pretty difficult, and I came out on the other side. Um, and, and, you know, for me, I, I guess my play style isn't like that. I, I'm not one that challenges myself when I play games. I like to play games to relax and, and to kind of enjoy the experience and enjoy the story. I'm not very much of a uh, uh, technical player by any means. So when I accomplish something that I feel like is kind of difficult or I, you know... uh find something out or, or, or solve something in the game, uh, it really makes it that much more important to me and more enjoyable. And that's really all Tunic has been for me thus far. 
Um, and <laughs> just a side note, my, my kid absolutely loves it. My, my youngest is like, oh, that's the game with the fox. I'm like, yes, honey, that's the game with the fox. Like, it, it is a beautiful game. It's a just, you can see the love that went into developing that game, like that homage to Zelda. Like, it's it, it's really a worthwhile experience so far, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, and I would have said that was my top game of the year, and then something else came around, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, yeah, I would say my, mine would have been Tunic for my number two. Can we can we talk about one thing that I neglected to talk about when I just, like, gushed and gushed? And sure. And I would love to... Uh, throw your way right now because i i will uh say this while tunic was my third pick it is my number one pick when it comes to one thing okay the soundtrack that oh yes sir is the best soundtrack that's come out of this year bar none bar I, I i i i for the most part i'd have to agree i think i think there's definitely um as subtle of a soundtrack as it is, my number one has a pretty rocking soundtrack, but it's very subtle, very atmospheric. Uh, but yes, I think Tunics, especially the opening, like when I first start that game up, I'm just like, I just want to stay on the title screen. Fuck it. Just like leave me here all day. That's all I want. <laughs> I, and I've shared with you, I just Ooh. found this and like, oh, it is, I'm just, I'm just oh, goodness. oogling it. Oogling, oogling, oogling. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Wow. And I, Ooh, yes, I, you guys, like, I am not kidding. Like, I, as you all know, for those longtime listeners, where we're coming up on nearly fourteen years of Insane. Press Pause Radio, uh, I love including music from uh, just every fucking generation you can think Absolutely. of. Absolutely, I, I really cannot stress enough. Please, um. If you anytime you're on Spotify, just look up Terrence Lee and Janice Kwan. Like, just put put the shit in your ear holes. I'm actually doing that right now. Is that is that the soundtrack? Those are the composers. Um, his uh, uh, other name is known as Life Formed. I think you hmm. might have an easier time finding it. Life Formed. I'm sure. Like it. It's insane to me. It's so funny. Uh, for the holiday, Val and I. Um, we. <laughs> We the Tunic soundtrack's on there. Ooh, yeah, it's so like just the 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 user like I'm kind of learning and appreciating Spotify more and more. But it's so funny because um, Val and I, uh, after we went out in our uh, city excursion in the city, um, we got back to our hotel room with our dogs. We just got drunk on uh, PBR and watched Home Alone two. Mm-hmm. But then right after Home Alone two was a fucking Time Life infomercial for uh, the Summer Breeze CD collection set with over. Uh, 149 songs uh, across nine CDs and where they were just like spent a fucking half hour. They got the dudes from Orleans to like, just pitch like all these goddamn songs. And like a part of the like marketing was like, don't mess around with fussy streaming. Don't work like have it, own it simple, just pop it in and play it. And it's there to go. A lot of these difficult, hard to find songs and just make not true, man. I just got a car recently. It doesn't have a fucking CD player, man. That shit is obsolete. So you can't, no you joke, can't play CDs anymore. No joke. Val was just screaming like and laughing, and then like she's like, "I guarantee you, if you go on Spotify right now and you search Time Life Summer Breeze, somebody's mm-hmm. already fucking put the entire collection there to listen." And sure enough, ah. it's, it was just we were laughing so hard because you know how they do the uh, the montage, just like 
uh, such hits as like the cars. I'm like, oh, you mean this? And just search it within the list, found it and played it. Easy. Or Summer Breeze. Summer Breeze. Just it's so it was so fucking funny. I got I got Spotify Premium, man. Nobody's doing it like this right now. Like I'm I'm ready to go. Oh no. After Val found out that you can add additional users for like only a dollar more, she finally because right. like I've been so like clutching at my pearls of like oh I miss Last FM, so now I'm embracing uh, Spotify. I'm finally oh Last a- Spotify even does a thing where it recommends concerts coming up of artists you listen to, just like fucking Last FM. It's weird. Yup, yep. it's very and I'm weird. Like, All right, you know what? <laughs> All right, fine. You got me. You fucking yeah. got me. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like it, incredible soundtrack. Easily the best piece of composition for video game music. Bar like I cannot like Ed. Even if you don't play this game, just listen to the fucking music. Like it, it is so good. Like just thinking about it right now. After we play the show, I'm putting that shit to listen to. Yeah, no, I, I that shit. I saved it to my Spotify, so I'm good to go now. Oh, if it's on Spotify, yeah, I'll, I'll queue it up. Yeah, for sure. Please. I, I humbly beg of all of you. Um, okay. Yeah, that I it, it's so funny too, because like it had a very like controlled uh like as far as like the the overall conversation mm-hmm. like it commanded like a, a, a bit of uh a bit of the like collective uh mind share of of everybody in the in the gaming space for like a hot second and then i think it kind of got like horizon zero dawned in a sense because something else i think it wasn't just kirby something else came out right yeah i mean it had had a brief window of where it was the only thing that was being played and then something else came out and it took over right and i don't and i can't even i don't even remember what fucking came out i don't know if it was like uh oh god ghostwire tokyo i don't know i'll look it up it was a springtime release wasn't it yeah which i'm just like what came out around the time that Tunic did? Elden Ring? Or was that earlier? Elden Ring was February. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and even, but I think Elden Ring, and we'll get to it, but right. like. Yeah. Yeah, spoilers. It's it's probably going to be a it's, topic. It's showing up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even then, like, it, it was exclusive for a hot minute on, uh on Xbox Series X and One uh, X or One, and now it's available on both the Switch and the uh, PlayStation 4 and 5. Uh, so absolutely, like, there's no... there There's no excuse not to play it. I think especially, like, the Games Pass... Um, so it released in March. So, but uh, Games Pass absolutely gave that uh, game it's one of those again like i think it had like a a loyal following to an extent but even then it had a very like it had a very quiet market cycle like e- e- in even in its development like it's so weird like i not like xbox id quiet but like it, it did not have the push like some other games did you know what i mean mm-hmm. right all right so Oh, this is the part where I talk about my uh, pick for mm-hmm. uh second. Uh, Pokemon Arceus, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of want to, and like I, I, I really just gushed and poured my heart out about this game before, but 
god damn had i not sincerely realized or appreciated this game as much as i do now like i did well yeah until like we fucking dumped everything we did into pokemon scarlet and violet and boy howdy that i mean even then like i i just jumped off of it quick I like there's the Cinderace event that's going on right now. And oh man, I, I would say the, the pick and pull of that game. So like, it's so funny. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus was referred to commonly, even like in its, like at the time that came out as like a glorified tech demo of certain design principles that are just being like tested out or, or just kind of getting the, um the the guinea pig treatment for uh scarlet and violet not to then realize at a later point that scarlet and violet was absolutely the uh, messier interpretation of of that design philosophy or those mechanics because i will say this a big criticism of uh legends arceus was the open world feeling a little splintered and not being this one big cohesive thing and that it was very empty and where like it was it was very empty and like even then you didn't have trainers to really engage with or fight you you had like very like the the trainer encounters insanely low um Mm, very like it didn't really happen as often like a lot of the emphasis was put on um just the overall catching uh sensation and the exploration regarding that right um so when scarlet and violet it was kind of like okay we're gonna get like you know down to earth like some of those familiar mechanics and dynamics we we appreciated from previous games but also with like all of the flourishes that were introduced by um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, I I was so goddamn stoked. I I could not tell you how quickly I 180'd on Scarlet within like the uh, first hour, just because of it felt like such a step backwards in comparison to uh, Legends Arceus. Legends Arceus really does feel like an open world. Like while it may do so in these like very curated slices of its overall world it's still done in a really brilliant way whereas like i could not like i'll tell you right now uh the world of paldea and scarlet violet really does feel like a mishmash of random fucking architecture that i could not like i really could not point out a landmark to it's the same it's the same argument I make for Batman Arkham Asylum where like I could tell you every corner of that goddamn island, but like you put me in Arkham city and like it, it all feels the same to me mm-hmm. and where uh, like, and, and that was only exasperated in Arkham Knight where Gotham city almost had very little identity to where it just, it just felt like drab building after drab building. That's what Paldea kind of feels like where it's just gorge and sometimes mountainside. And then like there's, like the only area that really sticks out is some of the waterfronts, but even then, like it, it's just so much fucking like landscape that you just blindly traverse over. 
Whereas, like, there was a lot of personality to Hsui in in all of the areas and lands, and like just carefully traversing them through the different mounts, and like being able to sneak around and have that empowerment to like catch a Pokemon off guard and completely just like and and the fact that you like there was a real sense of danger like that pokemon encounters required like the utmost tact in in just making sure that like you did not do anything to endanger the approach because it wouldn't be you fucking up the chance to catch a pokemon it would be you just dying like a sense right. of urgency and danger that's never been introduced or done before and was like an incredible thrill it it just made like it really gave me everything I wanted out of Pokemon. And like mm. Arceus out of the two is absolutely the superior game. Again, we don't have like some of the other mechanics that like, I wish it would like that Scarlet and Violet do like uh, a little bit more of a variety of new Pokemon or like the raiding mechanic or fucking terrestrializing or testiculizing, whatever the fuck like it's, <laughs> It, it it's so rote dude like the it, it, like i really feel like with mega evolutions and then gigantamaxing like at that point like they peaked and now it's just it just really felt like a tacked on gimmick um with Hisui, it it kind of felt like it got down to well, legends Arceus, like all of it it really just got down to the original spirit of pokemon like that that sense of discovery uh, but like just doing so and kind of going about it in a way that really like like in like totally injected a sense of life into pokemon um that i i i again if people were to ask me there are two pokemon games and like i really feel like a lot of what made scarlet and violet so disappointing was just the fact that like game freak like had to shove 10 pounds worth of like development content into a 5 pound bag worth of time like mm-hmm. there's only so much that could have been done, but like, thankfully we got one incredible game out of that. And oh, little mer my, my 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 cat's just all excited about Arceus, man. <laughs> Into it. Um, uh, I I cannot I, stress enough. Like I I even appreciate the alpha aspect. Again, that adds more to the sense of danger and discovery that like really makes you appreciate like just the overall vibe of Pokemon versus like. Uh, the paradox Pokemon, or like, I mean, at the end of the day, like Scarlet and Violet's fine, it's serviceable. But if you wanted like the real game changer, the real like, holy shit, man, this is Pokemon. Legends Arceus is the way to go. Oh, I think it's like it's Pokemon that you didn't know you needed until we got it. Like this was not a Pokemon experience that we've really been, uh, kind of you know able to to play until now. I think the technology and, and just the generations have finally caught up to where this is something they can actually do in a Pokemon universe. I mean, we've always wanted like the Pokemon MMO. We've always wanted the Pokemon open world. And like these things can kind of be possible now with the technology and with the infrastructure in place. Like you can do that kind of stuff now. And, and I think this is kind of a lot of those dreams becoming reality somewhat because now we're able to accomplish more things in our games and they can take these kinds of risks because Pokemon is a franchise that you, you don't want them to take wild swings on. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, granted, I want them to, but I know they don't want to. 
they they financially aren't going to take big swings on Pokemon. I, it's like a tried and true franchise. The, but they have the financial net to do it. I if anything, this is what I. But want. but 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 will they? I mean, is it something that they would normally do? Probably not. I mean, because at some point. I would say the franchise stagnated and then it saw a resurgence. And I would say, I would argue that a lot of the resurgence is one of two factors mm-hmm. kind of dipping back into some of the nostalgia factor. Cause like a lot of like, mm-hmm. like there's a reason why one of the events, the first events that Scarlet and Violet got was Charizard. You right, know, there's right. a, there's a sense of nostalgia to it to where even fucking like a mom is going to like a mom at this point will know a Charizard in addition to Pikachu. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but also just kind of the fact that they like play around with some of the fundamentals and principles that it made it work. And then like Arceus was just kind of like, well, no, remember the like vibe of going into a giant open world and like there are these dangerous monsters. And like, it's so funny because prior, like Pokemon was being laughed at for being like this, like hand holding, like very just it, it it was just a very like tour guide uh, vibe like that you you didn't necessarily get to kind of experience it but you were a tourist in some predestined tour that kind of just made the whole situation feel a little bit stale like you were like much like an amusement park ride like you knew where it was gonna dip you knew where it was gonna like really get you and then you knew what to expect by the end of it and like a lot of people kind of got turned off by that. And then mm-hmm. Legends Arceus, I think, was just the brave step, like to kind of really give it. But then like it just made me appreciate it more. Like Scarlet and Violet. I the one thing it has that I enjoy is the let's go mechanic where you can have like your lead Pokemon walk alongside you and you can have it auto battle. And like that's neat. But like you can also do that in Legends Arceus, and while it may not be able to auto battle as intuitively. I mean, it can still do other things, and you can also bring out your other party. Also, you don't have to engage a Pokemon in a battle in Legends Arceus. You can catch it in the wild. You can mm-hmm. use tactics to catch it in the wild. You can toss food to distract it. You can toss rocks to anger it or stun it. You can do so much. Like, it was really, like, it was, uh, what reminded me of it, honestly, is like, let's, what if we turn the Safari Zone aspect of Pokemon into the entire game? And I thought, well, Scarlet and Violet should be the natural evolution on top of that because of so much freedom and agency. And then, no, no it took away like a lot of features. They made terrain, like, just exploring terrain. Like, the the shit you can do to kind of, like, exploit Scarlet and Violet is just like, eh. But, like, the shit you did to exploit Legends Arceus, I will never, it lives in my mind how someone who, instead of waiting to get the swim mount, got a team of the barrel. Hmm. And just because you can have all six Pokemon out in the field with you if you wish to summon them out, you can cycle through them. Like, the UI, just everything. But, like, it lives with me that someone crossed rivers by creating it a perpetual bridge of the barrel and walking alongside their Pokemon. Cause the barrel lay flat on their stomachs when you throw them in water and you can just walk on them. Right. Well, and that's like, um, for me, like that's why Arceus, like it, it definitely scratched that itch that I needed from breath of the wild, you know, like it had a lot of those elements that I was like, so enamored with, with breath of the wild, even the same thing, like exploiting the environments, 
using, you know, a lot of things that weren't really meant to be part of the exploration and you utilized it. You got access to things in areas that you weren't supposed to technically get. But, you know, if you're intuitive and you can figure it out, then by all means, here you go. This is your canvas, you know, create whatever you want. Yeah, um, have fun at, with at, yeah, have fun with it. Exactly. And, and I think that, you know, uh, for me, like that open world exploration is like what that game really has been needing for a long time. And I was way more interested in playing a Pokemon game because of that uh, compared to any other game. A lot of their games are just very like by the numbers. And, right. and this finally kind of just branched out and did its own thing. Yeah. And then like, it's just a bummer that like, and I'm sorry, like this is, I want to make this more about Legends Arceus, but I'm trying to do, I'm trying to potentificate that like this unassuming like stop gap release, like that some people just kind of looked at truly is the superior release of, of 2022 where like that world and like just the sensation, like I, I, I think there are a few regions that are just so stupid and forgettable or they're annoying. Um, and like, like I, I cannot tell you how much I, I hate Alola. I just think it's so fucking obnoxious. Like it was really, like it. I don't know. I, I, I did not like the structure of it. The five islands. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't great. No, but like Hisui, and just like everything, like the habitat, like being able to like naturally navigate to different habitats and like kind of know and like at some point not even rely on a mini map like you just had a natural sense of where things were the more you invested time into it i fucking love open world games like that you have no idea um scarlet and violet holy i get lost in it all the time not only do i get lost in it it has the worst mini map i have ever like the mapping is the worst at any time, why on earth would you constantly rotate, like, the position of a map? Why? Why would you rotate it to where north looks like west and you rotate it clockwise? I'm I'm per- fucking lost. I have to zoom out and zoom back in. It's not until you zoom out to where everything's in its static spot the way a fucking normal map should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, ah, oh, man, I can go on. Um, but as far as that cool pokemon experience and also like some of like some memorable little like fan service and stories especially like if you were a fan of diamond and pearl i absolutely recommend getting into it it don't got that sweet ass toby fox fucking soundtrack that scarlet and violet do because holy shit i there is one thing i i will say the end game of scarlet and violet is probably the most memorable and redeeming thing about it because never on earth did I feel like I was on my way to kill God like I <laughs> did at the end of that game with fucking Damn. Toby Fox's music. <laughs> um, but Jesus, uh, I um, absolutely cannot sing the praises of that game enough. And that's why it's not only my number two, but it, like, it is a glowing endorsement over any other Pokemon-related release that you may have had this year. Especially if you're just looking for something cool and contained and you don't have to worry about keeping up with some fucking meta. Mm-hmm. All right. So number one. We're down to it. Mm-hmm. We're down to it. Uh, Ed, what is your... Uh, no, you know what? Ed went last... Andrew, number one yeah. game. Gladly. Uh, so, yeah. So I kind of preluded to this. Like, I thought Tunic was going to be my game. That I was going to say it was number one for me. 
And then, uh, kind of on a whim, I went through Game Pass to get some, you know, catch up with some games that maybe I had overlooked over the year. And I found a game called Citizen Sleeper. Uh, Citizen Sleeper. Now, this is available on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, it is free. Oh, God. I okay. I, didn't highly, hi- I would highly recommend playing it. Uh, it's also available on, I believe, Steam and Switch, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Uh, so this is kind of a homage to tabletop RPGs. Um, it is a narrative experience to where you are using dice rolls, uh, and character classes to create this story. Um, so just kind of like a little bit of a synopsis on the game. Um, you are what's called a sleeper, which is a, essentially a robot with human consciousness built into it. So like, the human is frozen somewhere. We don't know where. But its consciousness is in this robot um, that could perform one of three different jobs. Uh, and they are dropped off or, I guess, found on this kind of abandoned space station that was at one point in time a kind of like a safe haven for people, you know, finding a new place to live, a new place to, to be in, in, in the galaxy and then is overrun and overtaken by a corporation and then kind of left to just die. And so you kind of are found here. You're not sure how you got here. You're not sure why you're here. And throughout the narrative experience of your gameplay, you kind of create that story for yourself, you know? So it's, it's really letting you take the reins of what you would probably accomplish through playing a tabletop game, you know, something with like a, you know, a, a big, huge book and has a lot of rules, a lot of, you know, not so much like, D and D. This is probably more of like your more indie kind of tabletop RPG experiences. Um, so it's kind of like made into video game form is probably the best way I can describe it. Um, so when you're playing through this, you go through cycles, which are like days and throughout a specific amount of days, you have to basically survive. You have to find a way to escape. You have to find a way to be a part of this society kind of whatever you want to create your story as. Um, but all the while, you as a robot, your your robotic self is actually decaying. You're actually falling apart. So not only do you have to create the story, kind of, you know, find out your place in this world, you're also trying to save yourself because you need to find a way to either um, find sustenance to, like, survive or find a way to slow down the decaying process of your robotic body. And, and that's all something that happens throughout gameplay. And uh, so while you're going through these cycles, you have to like roll dice to accomplish specific things. You have to also like, there's like timers. It's very convoluted when I explain it. I wish there's a way I could like show it maybe and it'd be make more sense. But I mean, if you've ever played tabletop RPG, there's so many elements or so many aspects that you have to be mindful of. It's, you know, it's it's not just like, okay, here are my stats. Okay, well, what's my, you know, what's my relationship with this person? Or, like, what's my ability here? Like, there's so many variables you have to incorporate into a game like that. This just makes it to where it's done within game mechanics. And it makes it a lot more easier to navigate and control. See, it's funny, because, like, seeing this at a glance, and, like, I've, I've heard you gush about this game different moments, mm-hmm. um, where... I look at it and it just kind of appears to be like a really uh, narrative intensive. It, it um, is. It is purely narrative. There's no voice dialogue. 
there's no animation other than like the space station and kind of the moving parts of the station itself. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's no like exploration. Like you're just kind of like hovering over the space station and going to specific sp- like spots to interact with people or to complete specific objectives. Um, but like, uh, it looked like a roguelike for a second, but like you saying that it's a tabletop RPG. At, at least in, at, at, at least in spirit it is. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Now, now I would say the roguelike experience, I guess you could say that in a way, because at the end of your, however long the cycle is, you know, like the timers are in place. You, you basically have a limited amount of time to complete an objective. What the objective is, is all dependent on you. And, you know, it's whether like, if you want to survive, if you want to get off of the station, if you want to find out how you got there in the first place, like these are all things that you can explore and, and ultimately decide if that's the route you want to take. And in doing so, you'll make, you know, friends, you'll make enemies and it's all based on your dice rolls. And it's based on the decisions that you make through the gameplay. Um, the only downside to it is I feel like once I got through my specific narrative gameplay that I wanted to immediately go back and do more. And it doesn't really have an elegant way of you kind of like going back on a previous decision and then going a different branch. Like there's no like multiple save slots. It, it, it just, it's just an auto save of what you did previously. So if you wanted to go back to do something and kind of branch off to a different way, as far as I can tell, there's not a very elegant way of doing it. You'd have to start over. So you have to play this multiple times to get multiple storylines or get multiple okay, experiences. Kind of reminds um, me of Nier. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, but even Nier has like some crazy branching storylines from what I've heard. Right. But I um, think like there's like a point, and I don't want to. Basically, there's a point of no return if you yes. go to scour mm-hmm. that. And, like, this kind of feels like that. Like, basically, if you, instead of kind of building upon it and kind of, you know, making your way around the globe of plot, so to speak, you were Mm -hmm. kind of just tossing away what you've done and taking a completely different path and committing to that. Uh, Like, do you have, like, a new game plus to where you, you don't basically start with, like, a foundation of upgrades or skills that you carry over from the previous playthrough? You start over, like, from scratch. Right. As far as I as far as I can tell, if you want to continue on your previous thing, I think it brings you back to like your last day before you've made your end decisions. Got it. So okay. so you could kind of like give up on that specific uh conclusion and, and go a different way, but you've already established so many things, I think leading up to that conclusion it almost does you a disservice to go back and try to like go a different route. I mean, you could for sure. And there's actually like free expansions to the game that explore different stories and different characters that are optional quests that don't branch into the actual main story of the game. Oh, okay. so, so there's definitely things you can go and explore, but I mean, it took me maybe six hours, maybe a little less to like get my initial playthrough done. Oh, and wow. it didn't even feel like it. It didn't even feel like it. It felt like it took a lot longer. And I just don't know if it was maybe because I was really dwelling on specific situations I mean, I got to tell you, my specific playthrough was, I mean, to to not get too emotional about it, like, as a father, it really kind of hit home with me because my specific playthrough, not to spoil anything, is a father of a child who are trying to get off of the station and find a new life for themselves. And you as a sleeper are trying to help them um, 
kind of get all three of you off of the station. At least that's in my playthrough. That's what I was trying to accomplish. And that was my primary goal was like, once I knew that was a option, that's all I cared about. I was like, I want to make sure this child has the best life possible, not being left here to rot away. Like I want them to get uh, some kind of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so like, that was my entire playthrough. Like, and it's difficult because as I'm going through, there's other things happening other things I wish I could pursue and other things I wish I could try to tackle because they are important as well. Please kind of vibe of like, who do you let in versus who do you let out? And then it will be and certain decisions you make will exclude other things from happening that, you know, would be beneficial for yourself, for others. I mean, a lot, a lot of that is, is based on just the amazing storytelling that this game can provide. I mean, I'm not sure who wrote this game, but it is to capture that kind of emotion and experience in a narrative only game. And that incorporates dice rolls as your main game mechanic. It for 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 something to be so empty of a like abandoned space station, you eventually get to a point where there's like there's so much life and so much love and so much caring and compassion in a place that you would never expect it. And it's just it's very subtle in the way it does it. But like for me, it's like. I, I I could read this. This could be a ongoing series of books I would read and love. Uh, I would play this if it was a tabletop RPG and I would love it. It's just, it does such a good job of like the one thing it needs to do is be good uh, in terms of a narrative experience. And it, it does it in spades. I mean, it's the only way it can accomplish anything is how good the narrative is. And, and they knocked it out of the park. I mean, I was just so in love with this game. Uh, and like I said, free on game pass uh it's probably relatively cheap on the other platforms and it's like less than 10 bucks on sale at the moment and and, and for me and for me like someone that used to play like D with my friends and wish i had those experiences again to do it as a solo experience and be able to do it whenever i want it's perfect like this is like the best thing that could have come around for me this year it's funny too because um we have a friend there uh like they're very just passionate about D and D and kind of mm-hmm. leading a campaign and doing, and I, and I feel like I really want to show them. Cause like, again, you've mentioned it in passing. And I oh yeah. It, I think they like, would love it. I really I do. Just, I didn't realize it was so like dice roll or just like very much like a, like a D and D campaign. I thought there was a little bit more uh, agency or autonomy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really liking that because I feel like this is something that you can even collectively just play with a partner or just have somebody kind of weigh in and like just make I, I like it. Uh, right. I've always Absolutely. I, I like the vibe that the trailers originally gave me because um, it, it has the synth soundtrack, you know, it has all that kind of like, you know, what you would expect from that kind of a game. But, yeah, it's really like they literally took a hardcover tabletop RPG book and just condensed it into a uh a free-flowing you know, game? A game. A game experience, yeah. A, a digital experience. Absolutely. All right. Well, I, I, I'm I, just busy with downloads. Like, literally, as you guys talk about it, I'm like, <laughs> all right. I, like, I've already let, downloaded uh, Grand Let me Cross, catch up on this, yeah. And yeah. now I'm just like, fuck, that is free on Games Pass. Okay, I got to make room. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Ed. What is your uh, personal number one pick for Golden Zonkey? The uh, the number one pick that I've got uh, this this year is the non-tuple dip of Akai Katana. Okay, interesting. So so it it okay. So and, and forgive me if I'm just a schlep and I and I wasn't keeping up. 
so the release came out on both Switch and PC, and the Switch version's like boo boo bunk, but on PC it's good. It's excellent on PC, yeah. Uh, also on okay. PS, uh, I'm playing it on PS4 as well right now, and it's also just as good. Okay, so pretend I got the Rising Star release on Xbox 360. Yep. And like, I'm still very much capable of playing it, and like, it's, you know, whatever. What, like, what in your um, estimate makes it like that much vastly better or just like fuck yes like this is a kai katana because i've never like that's the thing that's kind of been like you know you've never had anything bad to say about a kai katana but you're very much like oh yeah it's a, a neat little cave shooter like you know like it, it was very much like i i think i like it better than death smiles like it plays better I think like, I think it's the sleeper hit, and the reason why this one is more significant is because it's more readily available. So, okay. like, it was only on 360 before, and now it's available on many more platforms. Um, mm-hmm. Everything under the hood is exactly the same as what you'd find under different names. So, like, you've got a Kai Katana, which is your original mode, and then you've got a Kai Katana Shin, which is the slash mode. And then Zetsu Akai Katana, which is climax mode. And so this is like Black Label Mushihimi Sama, where you get every iteration. Uh, I wouldn't say Black. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it the Black Label version. Uh, the Shin. The Shin version was exactly what was on the the Xbox 360 as well. Okay. Uh, it lacks the Exa version because Exa is completely anal about being. Oh, we have to have an exclusive mode, uh, which I think is going to damage the. Um, the uh the scene in the long run because no one goes to arcades really anymore uh mm-hmm. even in japan it's really starting to struggle over there um but that's a story for another day um is is exclusive modes only something they would have in the arcade version of it? yeah exa okay. to get something on our uh, exa arcadia you have to have an exclusive mode and that exclusive exa arcadia mode would would never be on anything else but exa arcadia Wow. Yeah, okay. so I don't know who's shelling out $3,000 plus the uh, the cost of the game for that, right. but, you know, they can have it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for the rest of us, what's here is more than serviceable. And, you know, I think after get, spending more time with it, man, I, you know, Escaluda 2 notwithstanding, this might be Cave's best shoot 'em up I praise. It's, wow. It's super approachable. Like everyone thinks that uh, that cave games are these impenetrable walls of bullets that have uh, no room for error, and uh, you either do it, you either do it or you don't. Uh, if you can't one CC it, well, tough shit. Get good. But I think a Kai Katana is very. What's the word I'm looking for? It's very uh, accommodating to players that are looking. Maybe not brand new players. But players that are looking to uh, to get a little more familiar with the the nuances of uh, the the kind of bullet hell that uh, that cave produced. Um, in this case here, I think the um, the main thing is that uh, you you can play for survival or for score, and there's enough there. There's hooks for each that allow you to get further and further uh, in a reasonable time frame. Uh, the more that you put into it. And the key to doing that is managing energy and uh, and phantom mode um, uh, deployment. So when you're uh, just flying around, you've got this little bit 
that will go uh, either in your the opposite direction or it'll move around you. Uh, you can lock it with certain planes when you hold down your, your machine gun fire rather than tapping it. So you'll focus your movement slower uh, and the, the, the bit will lock. But I think there's there's um, the, the middle plane. I forget what it's called. It's the, um, the Orchid. Um, the, the Orchid, uh, it, it'll move regardless of whether or not you are, uh, you're, uh, in focused mode, but it'll also sometimes track enemies. Um, so you don't have to worry so much about having it in the right spot. It'll take care of stuff around you. But this is all to say that the energy that's released from enemies will sort of gather around this little bit and it'll stay there for a set amount of time before it eventually just sort of evaporates. So you got to kind of be quick about it if you want to, uh, to sort of capitalize on your energy gains. But here's the neat part. Um, there's, there's a bit more depth to it than simply gathering a bunch of energy and then absorbing it after you release the shot button. What you can do is you can drag the energy through enemy bullets and when energy th goes through the bullets, it grows literally in size and it'll increase in value. So you'll get more energy for each one that gets grown by bullets. So you can quickly uh, refill your phantom gauge, go into phantom mode, and that's where the magic happens. So in But you have to be actively holding on to it the entire time? Not the entire time, no. Uh, okay. If okay. you want to gather a bunch of energy, yes. But if you want to, if you need to get out of uh, harm's way in a tricky situation, then you just sort of tap the button and it goes to your normal rapid fire and you can get out of the way faster because you're moving quicker. Um, so when you're in phantom mode, there's two distinct attacks. You've got your rapid shot and then you've got your like blade shot, right? Which is a, ostensibly a laser. So when you're using your rapid shot, you're obviously going to be defeating enemies. But if you're close to them, uh, they'll fire suicide bullets. Uh, but the th thankfully, when you're firing rapid shots, uh, you're in sort of a defending mode. So these suicide bullets will bounce off of your shield and circle around and then home in on you again. You can do this over and over and over again until you've got this huge cloud of bullets around you. Um, and if you're careful about it, it's it's uh, it's a lot easier to uh, to manage than you might think. Now, when you've got these bullets around you and you engage your uh, your blade shot, anything that any enemy that's killed with these blade shots will create sort of a little um, like a little area of effect that will cancel a bullet, and then any bullets canceled will also have that area of effect. And the more that you can get to do that, the more bonuses that you'll collect, and you'll get a, a higher score faster. So that's where the, the sort of risk reward comes from. How many times can you fill up your gauge, get a gigantic score and rinse and repeat in the same stage without right. like losing uh, the ability to um, to collect these bonuses? Because if you do get hit, you're just immediately kicked out of phantom form. And if you're out of phantom form and you get hit again, you're done. So that's a life lost. Jesus, so now really is there is, that this isn't like a black label like this seems like they've absolutely refined and made it just so much more robust. No, it's, off, it's always been that way. No. <laughs> I, I guess for my question is like it sounds like a lot of the mechanics are made to be defensive in nature. 
Is there any way you can take that energy and like redistribute it into attack power? Well, that's or... that's the thing. When okay, when you're uh, when you're doing the uh, the phantom thing, you're getting your your uh, your your scores and stuff, and then when you come back out, mm-hmm. you've got your main shots. The phantom's gotcha. blade shot is super duper powerful, but it'll only be there as long as you've got phantom energy. So, being able to regain the energy that you've lost to fill the gauge is mm-hmm. uh, is critical, but. There's, gotcha. there's even a little bit more to it. Like there's, there's a, there's, there's an extra little layer of nuance, which I really like. So, uh, your lives, they're these, these little segments in the top corner of your screen. So they're glowing yellow. And if you lose a life, you lose a segment, but the gauge for your phantom power gets longer as a result. So you can get, uh, more time in phantom mode, the more times you've died. An enterprising player that really knows what they they're doing can like double suicide in the first stage just to have this gigantic long bar that they can just go into phantom form, get just a ton of uh, of score from, get an extend, die again, get an even longer bar, get another extend, and then they've got like safety for, uh, with not only their bombs, but also that extra layer of and length of, uh, of phantom mode. So there's these, there's all these ways that you can sort of extend and capitalize and, and grow your offensive capabilities within phantom mode. Uh, but it all depends on your skill, uh, uh, your skill of collecting the energy and dragging it through enemy shots to grow larger as a result. It's mm-hmm. super duper satisfying once you get it. And I'll admit that it never really clicked with me uh, as much before. But once it did, I just, I never stopped playing it that way. And it just, uh, right. it became more of an addiction than anything else. How uh, how high can I score in the, fr- in the first stage? Well, turns out 12 million points by the first boss. So... <laughs> And that's uh, the first extent happens at 20 million and the uh, second happens at 50. So, you know, wow. it's, it's totally possible to have those two extends by the end of the, uh, the second stage. Jesus, dude. Like, I, I, I just tried to. And, and was, any, was any of this stuff incorporated into the original release or is this all like new? This is all the same as you'd find on the Xbox 360, but now more people can do it. Wow. And see, it's probably, funny probably because the this is not the it. depth that I have... Uh, I did not glean any of this depth from the game. <laughs> like, I, like, it's just a matter of, like, bullet crawling and, and just kind of just doing what I can and then knowing when to rapid fire or when to hold down and whatnot. I mean, yeah. again, yeah. I, I, I don't have the skill set to, like, just play to conquer. I just play to see how far I can get. And then kind of just do what I can for right now. My my personal best in uh, in climax mode, which is more balanced than the original, um, is uh, I think it's 174 million points on nice. stage five. I made it to the stage five boss without continuing. And there's an extra there, there's an extra stage in climax too, so <laughs> that factors uh, in. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well. Is this hard to get? No, it's available. Uh, or if it's not available now, it will be available everywhere. It's uh, I know definitely downloadable on uh, PS4 and Switch on the Japanese uh, eShop mm-hmm. and PlayStation mm-hmm. Store, but it is available on Steam. 
And uh, th- like I said, the Steam version is every bit as good as uh, at least as the uh, the Xbox 360 version was. And uh, yeah, I played the the Steam version for the first time blind on the live stream. And when I went to Zetsu, I was expecting a brand new mode, but it was basically, like I said, it, it was just climax. So I immediately knew what I had to do and I made it all the way to stage five. All right. Yeah, it's right there on yeah, Steam. So, um, cool. yeah, man, low, low key. I think this, uh, like, I, I think I like the scoring mechanics a little more in Escalita 2, just because, like, you know, it's, uh, it's a little more in depth and you can do a little more with it. And there's many more modes, like, there's seven modes in, a, in, uh, Escalita 2. But, uh, low key for more, for less experienced players or, like, for general players, I think, I think a Kai Katana might be the best, uh, the best shooter that Cave has made. And no one knows. Right, yeah. I remember this coming out on 360, and I remember I, I picked it up, um, and it's just it's just one of those games that like no one really knew anything about, you know, especially at that time. Yeah, I think definitely now with PC being such a viable place to get a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, more people can have access to it now, more people can experience it. But yeah, yeah. That, that was that was some dark days when 360 was coming out these games and no one knew about it i mean i i picked up the the limited edition from japan on ps4 so it's got like soundtrack cd and like um uh, an arcade um you know the arcade flyers that show the controls and stuff it's got it's right. got an acrylic standee of that included with it uh and a nice box and stuff like that but like i had it on steam before that and all all together, I've purchased this game nine times. Um, <laughs> I, I've got a sealed copy on my shelf. I've got the one that I got originally. I bought these two here for four. And um, yeah, I bought five more of them to give away when I found them at a at a discount chain store out here. Freaking Giant Tiger. They were like $4 each. Holy so crap. I, bought, I bought five of them just to give away because more people need to play it. Yeah. Just like do like a cheap ass gamer does and just hide them in random places. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, here's where this copy is. Go find it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. Get get a Kai Katana Shin any way you can. Uh, if you're even mildly into like uh bullet hell shooters, this is a good one to go. And uh, don't be too. Uh, uh, this is all to say like this is all just regular modes too. There are novice modes that I don't even play. Um, which right. is kind of, it goes against the grain of what I usually do. Cause I've, you know, when it comes to like a Dodan patch or if, if it's like Mushihime Samba Futari, it's always novice that I'm playing because the, uh, because the, uh, the regular modes are very, very difficult to sort of overcome. And I don't mm-hmm. really put much time into them other than uh, playing them on a live stream every now and again. But Akai Katana, it's very approachable in that sort of respect with a bit of know-how uh, with what you're doing. Again, brand new player, you're going to have to put a bit of time into it, throw it into novice mode, and uh, then graduate from there. And it shouldn't take you long at all. Well, I, for one, am curious to, I don't know, I... I still have my 360 kicking, but I'm curious to see just checking it out, especially like uh, the leaderboards I know are, are most likely barren uh, on those versions. So, mm. um, man, I guess it's my turn. All right. Oh, I, it's man. a bit speaking, obvious. Spe- and speaking of games that aren't good for novices. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I'm still terrified to even try this game. Which is, I still can't believe you have it. And like, it's so funny no. because, uh, so Sean 
did bow out of this discussion, but out of all of us, uh, him and his father, they, they have fucking like absolutely demolished uh, this pick. Uh, I'm picking Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. I, you know what's funny, though, is as far as the game that kind of like sunk its hooks into me and challenged the way I, I thought about video games, that's Tunic. Uh, Elden Ring, that just fucking like it just in gorged like every every iota of like curiosity that i i may have had in in terms of like what happens if i did this what happens if i went in there just everything and anything like the 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 very like fiber of the shigeru miyamoto like just poking and prodding like completely foreign lands uh like that that's the all of the energy that this game exudes um and and even then as far as like it's so funny because uh the game as andrew mentioned it's not afraid to punish you because like you know i don't want to say let me say how do i say this in like an elegant way um there is a wrong way to play the game (laughs) but like uh i i think at some point the as far as the degree of punishment um or or the path that lies ahead of you i don't think it's to a point where you are like doomed to failure uh the game is paced and structured in a way where you can still make the best out of even like the worst build or worst decision or regardless of skill set, almost to a point where like, even then, like if you really want to argue it as a point of skill, like you can exploit or really fuck with the game. Um, but boy, howdy, it, it's just, man, it, it is really a, the the road to perdition so to speak on just like what how exactly do you plan on going about it and whether or not uh you anticipate having a uh, a less than stellar uh, trip there or somewhat of a smooth ride uh will all depend on essentially what you not only a put into the development uh but b what you kind of take out in like your your level of uh patience with moving forward and discovering because like there was a discussion on twitter of i would say a few weeks prior to the game awards and i i'm i'm gonna tell you what side of the camp i was in that discussion uh where there were few and myself included so just kind of alluding to that uh, that were just kind of perplexed. They were, we were just so like, why the fuck is uh, Elden Ring nominated for like the best narrative? Like, which you would think, of course, like with the mind of someone like George R. R. Martin and uh, fucking Miyazaki, kind of both like banging their noggins together and kind of hoping something would come out in in the form in which it did with Elden Ring. Uh, while Railroad Martin certainly spared no expense at including some fucking rich lore like the most just lore you want lore like you want to fucking read uh, like eight other subtexts like this is the game for you uh i very much don't believe that world building is a uh, proper substitute for narrative 
and that narrative, if anything, like is something that can stand on its own regardless, like world building can enrich narrative, but if it's good enough, like, it, like that, that's why we have text adventures, the world building, like just done through like, you know, if you have some Ernest Hemingway type fucking writing involved, like you could really paint a picture with your words, but I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily going to be the setting that really drives your trip into it. At least in my humble opinion, it's going to be the overall characterization, the conflict, the plot, like all the other things that really like put together the world and how it plays a role is what really gets that going. And as far as world building, like Elden Ring's fucking got it. Narrative, mm, not so much. But in the context of essentially of applying that in a game where you're exploring it, there's not, like, when all you need to know is that you are, like, doomed into this eternal cycle known as the Tarnished in that, like, you have so many pathways and like so many means to go about it. I always, I, I like, I, I think I appreciate that the most out of Elden Ring where like any other game from, from software kind of really laid a, uh, just l like laid a path in front of you and kind of gave you some mild distractions or garnishes, so to speak on what you can do to kind of affect the overall outcome you really did like the world really was your oyster. Like, do you want to become the Elden Lord? Do you want to reunite the Elden ring? Do you just want to say, fuck it. And kind of just like burn the whole thing down. You don't want to change the system. You want to like, you want to take control of it or you, you want to tear it all down. Um, never before has like a game really just given you like, full reign to fucking go about and really bump your way through it. I just wish that it was a little bit more I, I would I would say it was a little less not more so apologies, a little less cryptic about it. It doesn't even necessarily have to be uh just more obvious about it. Like I don't I don't need like I, I mean I got exposition. I don't necessarily need the most direct like exposition to really like fucking like teleprompt my objectives to me to a point where like they leave little for the room of imagination that much I'm not asking but I I think the one thing like it's its greatest strength and its weakness I love the uh, like the overall degree of exploration in Elden Ring but I hate that like you can really just go down the rabbit hole so far that you kind of lose what the hell you were trying to go about it. Case in point, there are like at least six different endings and objectives that you can kind of discover. And again, the game literally gives you, you really have to parse what you do to kind of like get a, like an, an idea of like, all right, this is how I'm going to go about chasing. Like you've introduced a goal to me. Now I'm going to go and chase this goal. But because of the, sheer density of the world and the game and the paths that you can take and the fact that there's really no set route so to speak i mean there are objectives that you need to do in a certain chain but how you go about it what you do in between is entirely left at your discretion um the agency is so grand that at some point like i had an idea of how i wanted to 
chase a certain ending and then completely out of just sheer curiosity in the fact that like this game does not fucking give you much of a ceiling to fucking stop you and put you in your place stumbled across a completely different game changing route that completely eliminated my ability to even uh, obtain the original goal and i was stuck i was in a point of no return uh that i had no full understanding or grasp of and i kind of fucking rubbed me the wrong way um so like needless to say after a few playthroughs uh doing new game plus and starting it all over it hasn't gotten old it's gotten intimidating it's just gotten to the point where like like people ask me constantly like the big meta conversation about it is have you challenged millennia no Mm -hmm. i have not touched millennia there's over 170 bosses and like god damn i think at some point I could. I, I'm at level 248. I I have a confessor build where I like have leveled out my arcane and my faith along with my dexterity to where I can dual wield the stupid ass Game of Thrones sword uh, and the strongest fucking scepter of the game and really just like I, I have basically taken the red mage approach and just like injected it with steroids and yet still because i've like injected such a foolproof fucking like meticulously built character build to where like i can even tank like i i played with friend of the show james milky uh mm-hmm. with him and his son he was having some trouble with certain bosses and like god damn like everything is just a fucking enigma in riddle in that goddamn game like it's mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's appreciative like in the same like context that i like i already used to reason my my enjoyment of tunic but in elden ring like sometimes it's obnoxious case in point like doing anything multiplayer uh i've i've done runs with my uh brother which i don't think i've played a game with my brother in years like I, I think the last game I genuinely played with him was Mortal Kombat 10, mm-hmm. like, and that was fucking a, a good chunk of years ago. So to give you an right. idea, like just the the camaraderie, the collectiveness, and like even then, I'm excited at the idea of playing with Sean, but like I believe he's PC only, so that's the one thing that kind of so fucked us up. So no, no crossplay, no crossplay, like unfortunately. That's, but like, I. The game is so good, I wouldn't mind double dipping. It's just a matter of the time and the fact that, like, I've already put so much. I kind of wish you can just carry over data, but, like, the point I'm trying to make is, like, I've, even with, like, this foolproof build that, like, I've concocted to kind of, like, do some dry runs with, like, Milky and, like, kind of, for the most part, tank, uh, because none of the bosses scale. So, Mm -hmm. like, you can, like, the only time they scale. And, like, they did this purposely. Like, all right, so I'm level 254. But, like, when um, my brother first started playing, he was having a lot of issues with uh, Morgot. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, dude, I can nuke him like that. Because I was being invited as a summon into his playthrough, it scaled me to top out at, like, the max that, like, you can, like, it gave me a, a, a ceiling. And I'm like, right, that's right. kind of shitty. But, like, I get it. Um, and even then, like, we, I was not able to tank that motherfucker like I normally would have been in any other um, 
capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, it still introduced an element of challenge and to the point where like where I wanted to get him all the experience, like that castle. I mean, in my first playthrough, I scaled. We did it the safe way. We didn't go through the beginning. But uh, when I played with him, I'm like, dude, I want you to kind of like hang back and I'll tell you when to come through. I'm going to take out all the distance mm-hmm. enemies and like everyone that's shooting projectiles at you. I will fucking kill them dead. But I need to trust you to be able to survive like all of the enemies. And then like we got to the point and we like we got him some buku fucking experience. And, like, being able to do something like that, like, it's been a while. And I'm sure, like, there are other more refined games that can give you that same sort of experience. Like, I, I Final Fantasy fourteen comes to mind or whatnot. But I, I enjoy the flexibility of, like, you know, sometimes I really want to play something intimate and kind of really explore and, like, get, get fucking lost into something. Um, or maybe I just want to play with uh, another friend or buddy. Like, I you're able to do that in Elden Ring, and like I think anybody, regardless of like what skill set you think you bring to the Souls games, anybody can do it. Anyone, you. It's just a matter of like testing yourself, and as far as like, okay, maybe I'm not making this work. There's enough to get lost in and explore. Like, it's not like Fallout, where, like, you can... Ob- I mean, there are areas where, like, no, you should not be here at a certain level. But it's so big, it's so expansive, that just in the early ongoing, as soon as you get, like, the ball rolling, you can absolutely kind of, like, go off the beaten path in at least five different directions and survive and grow before you kind of get back to whatever the quote-unquote beaten path is to, to kind of reach your end. I, I don't know. I, it's a game that stuck with me and it's a game I like when I think about like, can I replay this? Yeah, I can absolutely do so. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of like, it's weird that I pick it as my best game. Cause I think it had like the most impact and it took the most out of me hours wise, right. but it's also kind of like animal crossing. Like I think the moment you fall off of it, it's really hard to get back on the horse because I can't well, even tell you what the fuck I was in the middle of. And and just like Animal Crossing, I think it serves a specific purpose at that moment. Like that that's like at the moment a game everyone's looking to play and everyone collectively got to play it. Yeah, I mean I mean it's time has come and gone, but you know, I think for like new players it's still gonna be a worthwhile experience. But I think collectively like people got to play it like as soon as it came out, like it was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like this is exactly what we needed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause animal crossing served a very specific purpose when it came out. And I think Elden ring did exactly the same thing. And I, it's crazy. I completely forgot George RR R. Martin was even a part of that whole thing. Oh, fucking railroad. Martin has his hook. Like, like the, no idea. Like he, I don't want to spoil too much, but like, God damn, that man loves incestuous forbidden loves that like should not be a thing. <laughs> and he somehow, but it's so weird because, like, I know the way that got workshopped, and I'm trying to do my every my dandest not to spoil it. But Miyazaki's just like, all right, if you're gonna do the incest thing, you got to do it in like some fucked up. You got to do it my way. So right. like, we're gonna do it my way in this way. And, 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 and like, I know for a fact that like they he workshopped it. He got involved. I'm just like, all right, I knew you're gonna bring incest to the table, but we got to do right. it. Right, I, I, I was prepared for this. Like, yes. I knew this was coming. Yeah. <laughs> 
And like, I, I, I wish, I wish I can go. Like, if you guys ever get curious and you really just read some of the, the, the lore and the backstory, you'll know exactly what fucking character I'm talking about. It's a, oh, it's Lord. a popular boss character. Let's just say that. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. So I, I, I just like I brought Pam, you brought Pamela Crossing and I like my kids just started playing that game. So like we're all experiencing it now, like way after the fact, but still like not being kind of in it when everyone else is playing it kind of feel like a little left out of the shuffle. You know, like I feel like that's what's going to be if I do try to play Elden Ring now, like I'm kind of going to be lost, lost, you know, I, out of the shuffle of it. I I think it's got like that MMO approach where like, for example, let's just say if you sean and like i know sean is still doing a remake he he got really an animal crossing too funny enough yeah, uh, yeah but you sean ed ren me val if we all made a commitment let's all try to get into it again let's brush up our islands and kind of like you know what i mean once you uh. like get past the the humps so to speak mm. you can you can do it again it's just it's so weird like all these like that hump it's self-imposed at some point you kind of reach a like a level of fatigue mm. and then you're like you you put this like weird invisible wall in front of you like ah oh, do I want to like cross it and I'm sure that like once you and it, like a lot, the funny part is like you know that you can cross the wall but you know that once you do it's gonna be another rabbit hole well like, that's kind uh, of but a- maybe maybe or is it that the game has the game been able to make itself to where you can go back to it without that hesitation you know it's 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 weird. Like the fact that a game can have that level of intimidation, but like it, that's kind of goes into the argument of what a game should be. Like it should mm. like a, it's something that you beloved, like enjoy without fault. It should be mm-hmm. something that you could pick up and play at any point. It shouldn't be like that. Like you need to set the mood. It needs a candlelight. It needs like the well, for it. And that's like with Elden Ring. I need to. I feel like I need to be like overly prepared to play it. Like I need to like set away, like space time energy patience like i need to like have all these things ready and available to even attempt it but is that me just self-imposing this like con- like you know like i i assume that this is going to be how it's going to work out for me or do i just jump in and start playing oh yeah like, absolutely like these are all yeah. like really weird arbitrary obstacles but like very self-imposed yeah right i you know mm-hmm. i don't know we'll get to it but yeah that's my number one pick but Cool. See, that's what I love about these discussions because every time we have them, second guess. So, oh, um, I kind of have an idea of what I'd like to nominate for uh, Press Pause Radio's Go- uh, Golden Zonkey of the Year. Okay. Um, and thinking about it over and just kind of reflecting, I would like to nominate Tunic. Hmm. I'm curious to see what you say, Ed. Uh, well, I mean, having not played it and only looking from the outside in, I can definitely see the merits to it. Um, okay. I would say that it's probably a much more approachable game for most people looking into. Because, again, yeah, anyone could get into a Soulsborne game and anyone could see it through to the end. Like, I mean, I played Demon's Souls all the way through 
and that was a pretty good time but like i got my fill <laughs> Every, everything right, beyond right. demon souls uh i i pretty much had enough of and i i doubt that even if i had a playstation 4 i'd be playing elden ring at all but right i i mean but even then like i i you're an excellent barometer ed because i i guarantee like just for the sake of argument you have games pass elden ring and tunic i know elden ring's not but let's just say for the sake of argument it is uh and like like the price of admission is completely removed from you so like you have the chance to install both and play both i i feel very confident just knowing you as a person and just being your your colleague and friend for nearly two decades that tunic will absolutely leave you feeling way more than elden ring oh 100 percent, yeah it, okay. it just it's weird because like when we talked about it like it it challenges the very idea of game design in terms of approachability and then just like problem solving processing discoverability like all of that all of that is just thrown in such a weird chaotic yet like exciting like whirlwind of like like it it stays with you that's my like philosophy mm. for like what I feel and like yeah Elden Ring stayed with me and yeah we had a lot of fun conversations and we can do that but like when we were playing Tunic and we were on it we had that exact same vibe only I like we had some heated discussions too I still like I don't I want to love the world it's trying to give to me but I I wrangle with the idea and thought that this world can exist in spite of me and I mm -hmm. hate slash love it for it you know what I mean and like right. you on the other hand you you are so along for the ride and I want that energy <laughs> going into the but, but like you know that just that the, those conflicting approaches and just mm -hmm. something like that like something in, in such an idealistic and otherwise like in, incredibly fulfilling experience like tunic and with everything so whimsical about it, especially like the music we went on and on for there's right. it it made me realize like god damn this is really just a fucking really special game that like doesn't come along too often and god should really be experienced by everyone and like that right. that's my argument for it and, and i feel like that game takes a obviously a a noticeable and and well-known approach to a game you've already played. I mean, more than likely you've played a game like this, but it's going to take some new twists and turns that you're not expecting. And so I think it gives you enough experience to know what you're getting yourself into, but then deviates from that and and lets you explore and, and really find it, its own its own way. Like like I, I it uses an homage to a a game and a franchise and and a history but then kind of makes its own path, which is a, a difficult thing to do. It's a very difficult thing to be like, you know, uh, basically like honoring something, but then also like saying, we're going to do our spin on it now and, and we're going to try it, maybe not do it better, but this is our take on it, you know? Right. Like the way, cause again, I mean, very obviously the homage is of course Zelda, right. but like, if we think back to like Legend of Zelda for the NES and like just what made it so just such a zeitgeist of, of its time and, and what it did for just video games as a whole, there's no internet. There's no like collective mm -hmm. database of information that can network people to like talk in mass. Like it's all very just 
like very sparse, very intimate conversations that are kind of just shared and like distributed in a way to where like you like people sought each other out. It helped create a community as opposed to essentially being created by a community. So like, how do you recreate that sort of sensation like nearly 30 years later? Right. In, in like an area or I'm sorry, in a time where like we're like connected almost to a fault and like, Mm -hmm. and that's a whole different argument and that sense of connection and access to whatever we need. Like, how do you create the same sort of like obtuse, like very peculiar fucking like experience of a game to where you have to like really bump and navigate and discover and, and still go right back to the roots of like, you know, networking through like contained circles and, and kind of figure out what it is. And even like with the internet at your disposal, because it's so cryptic and, and just like enigmatic in, in, in design purposely mm-hmm. just so that way, like it, it really does give you back as much as you put in and you can't rely so much on like the output of others to do that for you. Like, Mm -hmm. and and they did so by taking it out of the equation entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I think I really, and that's why it's like, it's an incredible, like if we were to, if there was ever to be like a course of like, how can you effectively redefine game design? Like how can you Mm -hmm. make something fresh again at some point? can creativity peak can you like reach a point where like every type of game has been done before and there's like no other game and like no like this isn't it this is like that is a perfect testament that Mm -hmm. there's very much like fuel in the tank like that video games aren't creatively bankrupt that like media in the creation in and of itself regardless of whether or not it's a fucking like a superhero sequel or like an indie art house film or like a acerbic take on like capitalism in like a hidden inside a science fiction book like released by like New York's top 10 selling like author that just like crept up through like some sort of like BuzzFeed recommendation like all of these like very mundane things that we've kind of come to expect or predict or enjoy like this game is something that turns it all on its head it's all Mm -hmm. upside down but it's like for the better like it's not subversive for the sake of being subversive it does something with it it leaves you feeling something i don't know i I, i've got it like i've said it as much as i can i i think and that's me that's my argument for if you have a better one fuck it dude like floor is yours no nope i think you've nailed it on the head i think that for what it does and you know for at the time that it released i it it absolutely is starting to create a discussion of what games can be you know i mean what what they can accomplish outside of what is normally expected and like you said everything they do they do well and you may not agree with it, you may not expect it, you may not like it initially, but you eventually grow to appreciate it. Yep. And I think that that that's honestly like the 
the lasting effect of a great game is that eventually you come around to it. Whether you really want to or not, you eventually come around. So, yeah, I agree completely. I think Tunic, in my in my opinion, definitely gets it uh, for me as well. It's still on Games Pass, Ed. Please download mm-hmm. it. Like, I'll, I need to go back and play it and finish it. It is probably my next goal. Like, I would love, doing that if anything, I would love to, and I think this is another thing, um, I would love to Games Club any of the Golden Zonkeys we pick. Right. But yeah. Like, yeah. And, and please try, try assist and sleeper and, and let me know what you think. I'd love to have that conversation too. Absolutely. Like I'm yeah. going to mm-hmm. download that. I'm downloading grand cross. Um, yes, I will try that as well. And I will eventually try to tackle Elden ring at some point. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. I think Elden ring is going to be like another, like, I don't know, but like I, yeah, that, that's just me, but I guess real quick. Um, cause this definitely got on a little longer than like I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I mean, I, I luckily made an argument for my three-year-old Mako shame. Um, there's a few others that suck. I personally, I think uh, Jeff Keighley is a great uh, nominee for that. I've never thought he was a bigger fucking phony than uh, this year's Game Awards. Like, how goddamn dare he uh, behave the way he did uh, during the onset just because, like, you you like set about creating like this professional event that you felt was supposed to do an actual service to video games and acknowledge and appreciate the uh people who like worked to do so and then like the first award goes a little because like you have somebody that in like embellishes everything that you wanted uh, out of that and they they went a little long in their passion speech that put you behind fucking like showing us bullshit trailers but you know what I mean like it, it, it just completely defeated the very spirit that he apparently championed and I just right. realized like fuck here's our yearly reminder that Jeff Keighley's a fucking sellout hmm. so I don't know um that, you, gotta that sure was... you, got, you, got, you gotta make sure you make time for Al Pacino, who doesn't know a fucking thing about games, but right? here he is anyways. Dude, like, he uh... looks so fucking lost and awkward, oh like, he, that... I, 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 I will say, to, to, to be fair, the, the, uh, voice actor for Kratos, like, like, I'm sure that was a moment he'll never forget. Like, good for him, you know, that he was able to get that moment, but same time, I was like, what are we doing? Dude... Let let Christopher Judge like he he been bro like he's he's a seasoned voice actor to get like an accolade of that like the dude's been like a part of like ten seasons of of like an ongoing project like you know what I mean and like he's yeah. getting acknowledgement like he's now gonna be recognized as like the voice of like one of the biggest characters in in video games like fuck it like yeah. bro like let let him. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, it got under my skin. No, my, my three-wheeled Mako shame besides the fucking, like, Dorito-ass slinging sellout is uh, fucking Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Like, Jesus Christ, what a step backwards. Like, even then, I'm going to probably play it just to see if I can get that stupid Cinderace, but I don't know. I'm already f- fighting to give a shit, and that, that should tell you everything you need to know about a disappointing Pokemon game. All right. What about you all? Uh, do you have anything? Uh, I'm going to throw in the uh, Astro City Mini V. Uh, that 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 machine is a little little bit of a travesty, if I'm totally honest. Um, it's largely unplayable. The, the sorts of games that it's trying to feature cannot be played with the amount of input delay that it sports. And there's 
So far, no way to fix it. So it's a, it's a, ostensibly just a really pretty looking thing that you might be able to play, but you'd kind of have to be a for uh, uh, a foresight wielding mystic with a crystal ball to uh, to anticipate everything that that you know, th- yeah, those games are going to sling at you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I know it's bad, dude. I just all right. It's rough, but I I feel you. I feel you. All right. What about you, Andrew? Cap it. I off. mean, sadly, I mean, we all knew it was coming. Maybe I was the only one that was a denier of the whole thing, but I mine was Stadia. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I think it was doomed from the start, and knowing that Google's track record of what they do when things aren't going exactly to plan, knew eventually it was going to be happening, but still hurt quite a bit that it did. Um, I think they tried to do right by people that were early adopters, but I feel like that technology and, and what they're trying to accomplish can still be, can still be done, but it just, it was, it was doomed from the start. And I, I think everyone knew it. It's just, it sucks. You know, when you, when you put your energy into something and hope they'll do well and it doesn't, but, um, they could have did a better job of communicating that. Cause I think they were like up until the day they said, we're pulling the plug very much made it seem like they were doing just fine. Like I get, you got to do a PR spin to like, make sure that, you know, you don't hurt, you know, Papa Google, but at the same time, like Papa you, you could have so been, you, you could have been a little more transparent about what was going on and not make it seem like it was that like nothing was going on in the background when you knew stuff was, coming you know what i mean yeah the real the real question is whether or not like this sort of thing will have any sort of uh ripple effect on uh amazon's luna oh i'm sure luna will be the next to go yeah i mean uh, luna is less uh less of a i guess value proposition than even stadia was like so i only know how luna has anything going for it now because it's worse off than even stadia was um and then I guess the other thing about Stadia that sucks is there are some games on that service that are Stadia exclusives. And so when Stadia goes away, they go away. Which is kind of crazy. I think, I think Stadia there's a, is going away this month. Uh January. Yes. Yes, it is the middle of this month it will be done. And there's like specifically I think a Pixel Junk game that was only on Stadia. Mm-hmm. So that will be gone, which is kind of crazy. I think that Pixel Junk game of any sort will be just like completely gone like no way to play it at all it so. i you know like just delisted games like in terms of uh just their availability it boggles my mind that could ever happen in a digital capacity i agree like, i agree with that yes like you know when games are lost to the ethers of time because of poor archival because they're physically trapped on like a form of media that's difficult to mm-hmm. like that makes sense to me when like fucking this is just peak capitalism like this is late stage capitalism dude it's uh it it's wild um i mean i'm i'm fucking playing virtual boy <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know how a pixel junk game can't somehow rem- i don't know bonkers Whoa, fucking bonkers. All right. Well, I love. I think that was the quickest round of three-year-old Mako of Shame that we've ever done, and that's great because I, I think this is a very, out of uh, any of the recent um, uh, Golden Zonkey, I-, I think a lot of discussion was put 
in the positive places. And we okay, really good. I, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say, well, it wasn't really that bad. I was like, no, the year was pretty shit, but you no, know, we just, did, we just didn't want to focus on it as much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, same vibe. Um, yeah. but with that, mm-hmm. this was golden Zonkey's class of 2022, uh, unofficially episode 145, even though we'll be doing that one next, uh, at this point, uh, any anything else we want we want to touch on before we go to episode end? No, I think I'm good. I just everyone should uh, get Game Pass so we can play most of these games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. All right, so you just finished listening to Press Pause Radio Class of 2022 for Golden Zonkeys, and yes, a glowing endorsement for Games Pass. I cannot stress it enough. Continually, yes, yes, yes. Um, if you enjoyed what you listened to, you can find us on Spotify, as well as you can also find us on iTunes under Podcasts, and we are also across over uh, 70 other podcast directories, uh, like Stitcher or... Uh, scatter radio uh and again still kind of working out the kinks of some other availability again with uh, some equipment and some other um investments put in the place uh will be more readily available in our entire 14 year span kind of make ourselves available in the youtube space as well as also uh soundcloud and getting that curated and organized for your listening pleasure in addition to YouTube, and speaking of YouTube, uh, going back to that New Year's resolution I mentioned, uh, as far as Limelight, Play Plays, and uh, all other manners of video features, that's going to, again, really, really be a big sticking point. We're finally kind of just, we're at the end of the chase as far as that mythical dragon that is um, my obsessive-compulsive and limited fucking cut. Uh, <laughs> between funds and desires and, and everything else in between uh, kind of finally getting to a point and then I love just trying to also get a collab uh, collaborative effort between all the guys here and trying to make sure we can get that done uh, we've taken a big break from kind of writing um, and right. I, I just needed honestly I needed a break uh, as far as for my sanity uh, everybody else but we're gonna get back on that riding horse and we've got uh, lots of features the last feature that uh, I wrote uh, as Ed pointed out before we started recording was in May uh, I did a feature on the charm of 2.5d action video games uh, parallax pilgrimage was the name of the feature I really really want to do more with some other uh, retrospective features around this time I should be writing up the next chapter in my uh, look back on the Sega Saturn as uh, the Sega Saturn is uh, currently nearing um, 30 goddamn years real soon. So definitely want to go ahead and get back on that horse um, as well as also uh, touch base on uh, a little bit of uh, what Digital Eclipse has done with Atari 50 and just kind of like how they changed the game with compilations. So uh, there's definitely tons of coverage that I want to get into. Um, and I definitely have a lot of ideas that I've also workshopped uh, just on my own time, as well as, uh, you know, behind the scenes and our backstage discussion with you guys uh, that I'm excited to really bring to the table. Speaking of celebrated video features for Press Pause Radio, Ed, uh, talk to us about CHC, my guy. 
Well, uh, Casually Hardcore has some features that I've got in the works at this time. A lot of leftovers from Bullet Heaven that I'm going to be repurposing it into the series. Um, for those of you not in the know, Casually Hardcore is a much more laid-back series that sort of examines games in a non-review format. Uh, just giving my personal thoughts and demonstrating various features therein. Um, coming up next is, of course, the Akai Katana Shin feature, uh, which will examine the Steam and PlayStation 4 versions of the game. Uh, we are also going to be covering uh, everything following, but not limited to, uh, Death Smiles 1 and 2 on PlayStation 4 and Switch. Um, the uh, portable monitor IPS LCD for PC Engine. Um, and Blaster, Ma or Blaster Master 03 for the Switch. And Wild Guns on the Super NES. Ooh, yeah! I'm excited for that. And like, ah man, uh, Val got me Wild Guns the remake for Switch a couple Christmases ago that I forgot to plug in. What I've been that? excited really. Wild Wild out. Guns Reloaded. Wild Guns Reloaded. Yeah. I just like this one here is can... the uh, the reissue from Strictly Limited Games. We've got the regular and PAL versions, and the the purpose behind the PAL version is that it's the same shape as the Super Famicom. Uh, and mm. they they say that actually it it uh, will change its um, its uh, clock speed depending on what it's uh, what it's running on. So if it's on uh, Super Famicom, it'll run sixty hertz. If it's on a uh, Super NES from PAL regions, it'll be fifty hertz. Neato, neato. Yeah. All right then. Well, um. I guess with that being said, you guys enjoy your new year. Uh, hopefully you guys all fucking boot up and give these games a fair shake. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you guys have any, you know, thoughts or feedback, by all means, get at us. We're on Twitter still uh, for as long as uh, Twitter. <laughs> for now, yeah. Yeah, for now. <laughs> uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook as well as you can also... Uh, find us on Steam. Uh, I would like to kind of get more involved with the community aspect and kind of like start doing some. I really want to bring back games clubs and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, do that uh, as well as also kind of um, really just completely kill our forums this year and replace it exclusively with Discord. Now that we've kind of uh, myself, I've gotten comfortable with it and it's been more of a, a very uh, easy to access means uh, definitely want to put the channel that we have on discord up and uh, just invite everybody over to really just fucking just talk shit just uh, get in on it I told you you wouldn't mind it I oh yeah discord's great <laughs> I, I, I still mind it I just now I know how to use it uh, it's amazing on your phone too that's like the best thing I can say about it is I use that shit on my phone all the time yes I've gotten Crazy. the hang of like I said, there are certain things that I don't like. Like I, I still very much like bring some boomer energy to it that I fucking hate. But like I, I at some point, like I've kind of gotten the hang of it. So uh, absolutely gonna make that uh, priority to make sure that we can and get definitely do some watch parties yep. in Discord. Yeah, I love, dude. Especially mm. if we can bring back the anniversary episode, we can. I don't know, fucking. Like we we can we can watch the new Mario Brothers movie and just like provide the same sort of dead energy that uh, Chris Pratt brings to that. Uh, or hopefully, man, if only. Our I don't know him and his 
Westboro Baptist Church bullshit. Um, I, I don't know what fucking church. I just know there it's a bad church. He's a bad mm. church. You're a bad church, Chris Pratt. Um, Damn. Got him. Yeah, got him. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is Georgia Boy's Axe, and um, if you're going to be a dipshit on the internet, make sure that you aren't a fucking stupid dipshit that picks a fight with, like, someone well above your fucking punching weight. You fucking rubbery-ass nippled fuck. Fuck. That was aimed at someone specific. That was Andrew Tate. He's a dipshit. Gotcha. stupid. Yeah, this is dumb. This is toast, and 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 I'm not dumb. And also, this needs to be a year they make the Bluey game. <laughs> um, it. th- it's not out. No, they have no Bluey games yet. Fuck, we need a Bluey game stat. They will. They will. And uh, this is Ed. And while I might be dumb, I am not Andrew Tate. Dude, you're the exact opposite. You're you're Ed Horry. Uh, you are fucking. You're amazing in every shape of the way, and you're, and you go left to right the way you're supposed to. Flattery will get you nowhere. Yeah.